Introduce the shitter, Eddie. Why is it always my fucking response? Because you're the one who you has get off on the earth-shattering intros. <laughs> I do. None I do. of us are able to do that, so therefore it's on you. I give us a it's not that I'm not able to great I intro. I Deliver! Off, I get off wicked hot. <laughs> yes! Welcome back! Power Trip Gaming Power Cast! Woo! I just love that his good intros just means... Just get, yell! Just get louder. Get louder! <laughs> oh God. It's been like two months since we've recorded a Why podcast. are you still screaming? Because I have to bring it, the energy. It and literally, and yes. we're not doing the topic we should be doing. That's true. We're not what at is, all. What is the topic? We haven't we, finished last round. Yeah, we were supposed to do last round. Oh, that's right. We didn't do four and five, which, oh <laughs> my God, it only got better. Too. It did. I had to reread them at this oh. point, though. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that on a separate episode, I promise. <laughs> yes. Probably. <laughs> but yes, it's Power Trip Gaming Powercast. Uh, it's been a couple months. I apologize. We've just been so busy with life and, and recording just the main channel stuff that... Mm. These this, two have been busy with life. Yeah, things have kind of sitting here on the couch waiting. It's been hectic. It's, Paul and I are getting our asses kicked in the real world. Yes, we are. Yeah, the real world doesn't slow down for anybody, especially no. us. So. And since we don't get paid for this shit, no, no, nope, nope, <laughs> unfortunately, do not. this is the this is the fat that gets trimmed. Unfortunately. Nice addition, Paul. Thanks, thanks for the uh, the thing. I got nothing. I, took a, I guess <laughs> got I nothing. see that. Yep, this is gonna be a one man show today. Holy shit! <laughs> so what's up with you guys? Anything new? Uh, what you playing? Anything good? Um, you're gonna laugh at me because Ducktales. Of course, no, 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 no. <laughs> it had been, I think, about two years since I had played through um, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. Mm -hmm. So I literally just like yesterday just finished. Link to the Past again. Shock. Did you so, do the full run, or did you do the cheap, quick? Did you do the first Hulahan dungeon, run. or yeah, the Hulahan. The, the the Hulahan run and the and the fast run are two different things. Yes, thank they you. are. <laughs> but the fast run would literally take me five minutes. five minutes and one second. So no, I did the actual. Well, with full the way you play games, they, that could have been stretched to like ten days. No, it couldn't have. Yes, no. it's you, Paul. No. <laughs> no. I played I played the full game. I okay. played it the full way through and I, I did my, my little trick that I like to do where you can actually get the tempered sword basically right after you beat um I think it's the I think it's the first temple like in the dark world. So then you, you oh. do you do number one and then you can do number four because you've already got like the power glove. And so uh, you go into Temple 4, you get the Titan's Mitt, and then you can go to rescue the um, the Swordsmith, who is a, a frog. So you rescue him, take him back, and then you basically can get your sword tempered right after you beat the, the first like temple, or the wow. first dungeon in the Dark World. I didn't know that. Never really thought about going that direction. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's great. It makes it makes the first couple of like dungeons really super easy, because oh, yeah. obviously you have a stronger, much stronger sword. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That's and uh, that is the one thing I'll give Link to the Past is how open it is when you get to like the Dark World to a degree. It, to a degree, it is because yeah. there's certain items that you get oh, as goodness. like the big treasures that you need for for like further dungeons. But for the most part, I mean, if you want to, like, I mean, from the point that I had the Ice Rod and the Fire Rod, like, I could have gone right to like Dungeon Seven, yeah, which is Turtle Rock. Um, it's just it's it's well, and it's kind of neat because you can explore it yes pretty freely yes. whereas like 
you look at like Link's Awakening, where it's kind of sequestered until you get certain parts of the story, and then it'll open up, yeah, yeah. and then you go to the next section segment, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the one thing I'll give Link to the Past is it, mm-hmm. it's, it definitely feels more open, more like the original, yeah, which yeah. is yeah. you know obviously what I think they were trying to go for. I think so. After after Zelda two, they really wanted to to rein it back and just kind of go back to what was successful about Zelda one, yeah, and that's what they basically did. Much. And then just kind of introduced two different worlds. You had Hyrule, and then you had uh, I think what amounted to low rule. It's low rule. That became yeah, the, they that, 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 in, that in became link between the, worlds. Right? That became the official name for it when they did uh, the the DS their 3DS yeah. sequel. Link between yeah, the Link Between Worlds. That, that yeah. became the official name for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That was a really good one, actually. I liked I liked both of them. I liked Link Between Worlds. And it's it's so funny because when you really play like a Link to the Past, it's it. I mean, it already they talk about like a link between the worlds, so it's like I can understand where they got the title from for mm-hmm. Link Link Between Worlds. So. So really, Link to the Past, huh? Yeah. Interesting. So now I think with September, uh, we're we're in September now and yep. getting close to October. So I think actually now I'm gonna start switching gears to more of like survival horror type uh, games and stuff just to get into the uh, the holiday spirit. Get into the spirit. I already beat you on that one. <laughs> yeah, right. Play? I started. I picked up uh, Vampire again. Oh Because yeah. I never finished it. I loaded up my game. I was like. Uh, and then I was just like, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. So I was like, screw it. I just started from scratch. And what's Vampire? It's um. There's a PS4, right? Yeah, I really don't know how to describe it. It's a it's a narrative based game with like mild combat where your character is a vampire. Okay. In London in 1918, huh. and you can like. You can eat, there's like the areas you're in, you can choose to like help the citizens that are there, or you can choose to like build them up and then kill them to get a whole shit ton of experience to like get more powerful. It's Fable. And it, it changes like the ending and stuff like that. It's Fable. It, it kind of feels like kind it's, of. it's more like, like, it's not really more actiony, but it's. Kind of like in the same vein as like Heavy Rain and the yeah, like, where it's like okay. narrative heavy, but sure. there's also there's also actual, battle mechanics. Yeah. Actual, yeah. Like combat's kind of a secondary thing. It's just yeah. there to tie together everything. In like the the Quantic Dream games, I don't think there was ever really any like combat. No, I think it's all QTEs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, even um, what was it? Detroit, I think, oh, had some human, fight yeah. scenes, quote unquote, but it was still QTs. QTs. Yeah. yeah I say, other than that, I've been going, trying to finish uh, Dragon Quest uh, Eleven. That uh, goes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's about it. Right. What have you been playing? Uh, lately, I've been Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Came out not that long ago. Oh, so wait, kind of hasn't Xenoblade Chronicles three been out for like a while? Oh, like a month, a month maybe. maybe. Oh, seriously? Oh, it never was man. Okay, it just came out. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been playing with that lately, here on and off, and just kind of bouncing back and forth between that and um, oh, what was the other one? Uh, Neo World Ends with You uh, sequel. Gotcha. Yep. Very very good. I really liked World Ends with You on the DS and the Switch. Mm-hmm. They played very well. I really enjoyed that game. So, yeah, I've been playing those, kind of, you know, biding my time till mm-hmm. 
Scarlet and Violet come out, and of course, <laughs> how are you biding your time? You've seen Blade Chronicles three. I know Play that it. that'll take up my entire time. Fucking, <sighs> but yeah. So I've been playing that. Um, there was something else too that I was gonna get. Oh, I was looking at getting Soul Hackers two for the PS five. I liked Soul Hackers for the DS, three DS, I think it was. Yeah, I believe so. Back in the day, it's another Shin Megami game. Mm, mm. Kind of more of like a sci-fi. Cyberpunkish kind of interesting take on the Shin Megami world. I like that aesthetic. Now Shin Megami, that's like the the genre of games, right? Or no, like that's the, the company. The company that's... is called Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I and always... It's weird because there are also games called Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah. Uh, well, it's... yeah. It's kind well, of because Shin Megami, it's like Persona, where it's like it, that's the main title. Yeah. And then it's it's in that that branch. Well, for I the guess. longest time, I always thought Shin Megami Tensei was like a person. No, no. And I'm, I'm like, oh, Shin Megami Tensei created this game. Okay, yeah, people love his games. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's there, the Shin Megami Tensei Five came out not yeah. that long ago. But then, like even like Persona and all that is a branch of Shin Megami. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like that's it's like the over trying, the overarching tr- umbrella. I'm trying. I yeah, I'm trying. To, I, I suppose a better way of looking at it would be like Mario. Or Super Mario, where there's like, there's Super Mario, but then there's a whole bunch of other games that have Super Mario something. Mario Kart. Mario World, Mario this. Paper like, Mario. Yeah, so it's it's like that. Yeah. Mm, gotcha. But, speaking of franchises, we're going to be talking about... A good old classic. A good old classic that is... Especially because we're kind getting of long, spooky kind season. Of, kind of been, yeah, it's a spooky season coming up. It's kind it of is. been forgotten, I think, a little bit. I... I don't know if I would necessarily say forgotten, but it's definitely been overlooked for It got dealt a years. kind of a knockdown after the last game. Yes. That's true. Oh, very it much was so. knocked on its ass after the last game. But it also suffered from a from an identity crisis though because the, the last game, game yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about that as oh, stay tuned. In two, in due time we'll get to that. But yes, <laughs> yeah. we're talking about Castlevania. Dracula. Well, now they know exactly what game I was talking about. Yes. Obviously, Lords of Shadow 2. Lords yeah. of but, Shadow 2. But now we, we are going to be talking about Castlevania. We're starting from its humble beginnings on the Nintendo and just working our way up the chain through the Game Boy, through the Super Nintendo, through the Sega Genesis, through the PlayStation, and beyond. That's right. Da. So, I forgot how big this franchise was. Huge. Huge. It is one of Konami's most successful IPs. And it is one of, I would say, one of the tentpole IPs that like basically launched an entire genre of games on the Nintendo. Like oh, You yes. had The oh, Legend yes. of Zelda, you had Super Mario Brothers, and Castlevania was really high up there as like one of their tentpole yeah. franchises. I mean, this IP alone has what some people consider some of the greatest games of all time. I would Symphony say Symphony so. of the Night. Symphony of the Night Super is... Castlevania Four. Well, I, yeah, they are definitely the like the yeah. genre defining, yeah, like games. Like usually for their era, they're very. This is the the the, the benchmark. What everything else builds around or up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. I said, a lot of people consider them some of the greatest games of all time. Yeah, and which but Richly it's so. It's it's kind of funny because I feel like Castlevania got dealt the same hand as like Mega Man, where it's like. You you know what Mega Man is, but how come they're not getting more entries? How come they're not as prominent as like a Super Mario or a Legend of Zelda? Because Castlevania, it's 
It created a whole genre that is still being mimicked to this day. Co-created. Well, yeah, I suppose that's true. You can't say created because there is a reason there's two names in it. Well, Metroid two. did it. Metroid did it first. Right, I, I, right, that's right. A, that's a. I I hate that. I hate that so much when people think that like. Symphony of the Night, Castlevania, like, like they refined, they, they, yeah. yeah. Symphony of the Night, it's like they created the Metroidvania style. It's like well, no. it literally <laughs> says Metroidvania, like it, they copied yeah. the Metroid. It's Super not, Metroid. It's not Castleroid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I mean, you attribute Symphony of the Night to basically taking off of taking the genre. Off of the genre. Yes. kind of like how we were talking earlier off off thing about how. To me, While Cave it's... Story came first, Shovel Knight is what really launched the pixel art to revival me, into it's... prominence. They took Super Metroid and made a lot of improvements to it and made it look really just great. And I think that's why Symphony of the Night is just and, as fondly remembered. And then and slid and in the RPG stuff with the leveling stuff. Yeah, system. with the leveling up stuff. That's right, because you didn't have any of that with Super Metroid. Um, but I think that that's why that was able to define the genres because it really took what was already a really good formula and improved it to almost the point of perfection. Yeah, pretty and much. then I, there was another thing I think that helped propel it too was I don't know of a single castle game in the Castlevania series that has bad music. No, that's true. It's music like like all That's of them have like like amazing. I music. would even even the weakest titles in the yeah, series. I would even have amazing music. The yeah. Castlevania games on the N sixty four, at least like Castlevania sixty four, like it still has a very ambient and like spooky soundtrack, and I I really like that one. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I I haven't played sixty four in a very very long time. And I know I played Legacy of Darkness. God, I don't even remember, mm -hmm. but. I, from what I remember, yeah, the music was always pretty good in it. Yep, Maybe we'll have to play those sometime. <laughs> I would I actually got wouldn't. I got them both. I wouldn't yeah. mind playing through those ones and then like the PS2 ones. Oh, absolutely! Mm -hmm. I would love to play, and even those had fantastic fucking soundtracks. Mm -hmm. I don't know why those don't get more acclaim than they do the PS2 titles. Uh, they're Curse fan of, fucking. Curse of Darkness did, but the other one didn't. Lament. Yeah. Yeah. Curse of Darkness was basically a 3D version of Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Hector was based... I mean, hell, they brought Hector into the animated series. Yeah, that's, that's true. How, that's oh, how yeah. influential yeah. that one was. Like, mm -hmm. the, the Devil Forges and stuff made it into the Netflix animated Castlevania. Like, so... Yeah, uh, which that tells you how strong the franchise is. That, yeah. mm -hmm. And that animated series was fan-fucking-tastic. And there's a new one coming, yeah. which makes me even happier. That'll be cool. They're doing a season five? Yeah, it's gonna be... It's Isn't gonna, it more centered on, like, Richter? It's gonna be Richter and Oh, shit. nice. Yeah. Very cool. That'll yeah. be fun. But we'll start from the humble beginnings. Obviously, everybody knows it's Konami. It's the yep. developer. Uh, later, once like Lords of Shadow came out, that was Mercury Steam and mm -hmm. Kojima Productions. But uh, did Kojima they, Productions have anything to do with the Lords of Shadow? I think they had a hand in Maybe it. Maybe just a like a producing credit or I something. I think so. Oh, okay. Huh. But we're talking. But on the Nintendo, it was Konami. And uh, it, it came out on the Famicom in 1986 at for the, Japan, 87 for us. At, at the time, Konami was probably one of the only studios 
along with Nintendo, obviously, that could publish their own developed games. They were mm-hmm. able to both develop and publish the games. Not many companies could actually do that. You had companies that were specific for developing the games, but then you had some that had the backing so that they could actually publish the games. But Konami was huge at the time, and they could actually do both. Yeah, especially, so. too, because 86, that's really early in the Nintendo's life cycle. Well, 86 in Japan, right? Right. So that was three years into... Three years into its life cycle. Oh, that's and true. Because it well, came ours out in 1983. Ours right? was 85, so it was two years in our life cycle. That's making you Nocturne that's the... official teaser trailer. So that's the, the instead of being season five, it's Nocturne. Ah, so they're because they're gotcha. jumping to a new era. You know, I, I just have to I have to say this, and uh, as the shock I never saw coming, Resident Evil. It, it wasn't, wasn't good. It, it, it didn't make it to a second season. No, it didn't. It's, I saw it got canceled. It's been canceled. <laughs> yeah, shocker. <laughs> so. so, yes, yeah. 1986 on the Famicom. Uh, 90, 1997 rolled around Symphony of the Night. Yep. Completely overhauled the entire Castlevania it's franchise. And it's 10-year anniversary yeah. uh, in the United States. Yeah. So it completely changed the formula. And then 2010, we got the Lords of Shadow series, which yep. had three titles. Which again? Oh changed. yeah, that's right. It did have the three titles. Yeah, yeah the 3DS one. Yep. Which also came out on consoles as well. Until later, sure. it got the HD upgrade. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. It um, came out on PS3, what? I think. Really? And 360. I think I'm it's on mistaken. PS4 and stuff as well. Oh. Yeah, it might be. I had I'm pretty no, sure. It I is. had no idea. Yeah. Huh. They did a console version. Oh okay. But uh, so yeah, they had three titles in it. Um, but we'll start since since this is so vast. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna start with. With the the first three for the yes, Nintendo, Castlevania one, two, and three. Yep, Castlevania yep. one, two, and three. So obviously, you start. You play as good old Simon Belmont, whipping and wailing his way through Dracula's castle. I think, which, you, mean, I think you mean Simon Belmondo. Did you know that that was not his original intended name? What was what? Simon Belmont? No, his original th- name. They wanted to call him Peter Dante, who was the grandson of Christopher Dante. Ah, I don't know why they changed it. Like. Dante is in like Dante's Inferno. Yeah, well, maybe oh, that would make sense. Yeah, but yeah. So you play Simon Belmont. You go through how many stages was it? Six. Ah, uh, yes, six. Six, six levels, just whipping and slinging, and, and jumping. I mean, it was a phenomenon. It's and still a great fucking game to this day, and hard as shit. Yeah, it's really hard. It's yeah, yeah. The first level is not terribly hard. No, of course. Not. And the second level, <laughs> it's, again, you are you're it's pretty easy. Third level starts getting a little bit more difficult, but it's easy to overcome. Level 4, they start really turning up the difficulty. And then level 5, it's like they they turn it up full volume to oh, yeah. 8, 9, and then by level 6 you're just like, what the hell is this? Fine. And it's a proper difficulty because its enemies it's are designed curve, and yeah. and spaced in a way to make you like actually think about what you're doing rather than just being I'm going to bludgeon you with more damage than you can take. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And of course, it has you know you get your whip upgrades, which I've gone on the record in saying I hate, always hated that in Castlevania games. Why? I just think it's a really stupid mechanic. You start with the weakest whip, no matter what. The first candle you smack is going to have your next whip upgrade. Okay. And then I think a three after that is your final one, maybe? Mm-hmm. Two or three? It's just what's the point? There's three total There is. There's never a point where you're not going to have your full or whip. two. Two. I think it's two. Yeah, it's two. I've just never seen the point of 
that whip upgrade system. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like having it just right off the bat. Just give me the full whip. Yeah. To be honest, I think it's a something they pulled in from uh, like the shooters, like the, the ship based era. Because if you notice, because be. you notice when you play those any of the Konami like the the shooter games where you died, you go back to your base like shoot. Like, yeah. and you have to collect all the different upgrades again. Mm-hmm. I think it's that type of design mentality was brought over. That could be because we were. It still, may have been, yeah. We're still coming in off the arcade era, yeah. And so, so like, it, it makes sense that they they were they still had a very particular way of thinking about how power ups and stuff should be handled, and it just it could have been done better. It could have been a after you do X certainly you know kill certain boss get certain upgrade type thing. But yeah, they just they still weren't quite to that level of thinking. Yeah, I thought I thought about that too in the sense of like arcade styles because if you die, you, like you said, the first candle you get is regardless, it's going to replace whatever that item was, and it's going to be your first whip upgrade. Right. So you literally may lose out on points, you may lose out on hearts, you may lose out Sub-button. on something else. So it's kind of like a yeah, you shouldn't have died. So here, we'll we'll give you your whip upgrade, but guess what? You're not getting whatever it is that yeah. you the lower score, lower heart count, like whatever it ends you miss up. Miss a sub weapon potentially. Yeah. yeah, that's why I always liked Bloodlines and the fact that once you got that uh, whip upgrade, there was one even beyond that, which mm-hmm. was like a super one because it yeah. not only gave you a stronger attack, but it gave you like a stronger sub weapon, mm-hmm. and it was like your ultimate sub weapon based on the character you had. And then if you got hit, you lost it. It's like, okay, I'm all right with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But still, you have to work up to that. And it, I don't know. I just, I've never seen the point mm-hmm. of why they have an upgrade system that, to that, of that degree. Yeah. That's, I think it's just something that just kind of came to be expected at that point. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So. It, it has to be something with design philosophy of the era. Yeah. And, that's, and, that's looking, and looking back, it's one of those things, yeah, we view it now as something kind of dumb, because, like, well, and it, had, it must have been something for, like, that Konami liked doing, because, like, Zelda, when you got your upgrades, they were permanent. And mm-hmm. yeah. So I, there were games at the time that did do the permanent sort of upgrades, but... Yeah, it must have been just one of those things where Konami was much more arcade-focused. And and I think so. I think a lot of their stuff was more of, like, arcade games, arcade-style uh, goals where you're just trying to get a high score. Yeah. So, and... Yeah, I don't... But There's not too much you can really say about gameplay, because it's, it's... No, it's... I mean, it, it really... <clears throat> it introduced a lot of, like, the normal mechanics of, like, what video games are now, where you have... Um, you you start the level, you end. There's a boss at the end of every level. Um, there are different sub levels. Like you can go through doors, and then they start doing like you're in one 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 two. Which mm-hmm. it was interesting segments. because yeah, it was interesting because with these segments, like it, it was very fluid. Like you didn't know where like like it always felt like one one and like one two. Like it's it's the same level. It's just separated by a door. I never understood that part. Ninja Gaiden kind of did the same it, thing. Well, Ninja Gaiden did, but it's like they literally transi- transitioned their levels to where you had a cutscene, and then if you came back and you weren't on that, like you didn't fight the boss, then you were on the next segment of that level, which made a lot more sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just I like that they they took a lot of the lore of just. I would say, like, universal monsters with yeah. mm-hmm. the bosses. Like, you had a giant bat. 
you had the mummies, you had Dracula, you had death, you had all of these. Oh, monster. Frankenstein's monster and Igor. Yeah. yeah, you had all of the different like. All the bosses really were like universal monsters. Well, and even the fishmen are based off the the creature from the Black, Black Lagoon. Lagoon. Yeah. So yeah, that's their creature designer and stuff was clearly influenced by the universal monsters. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way around it. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's fine because each one of the levels looks just absolutely gorgeous. Um, depending on where you are, first level is like the inside of a house. The is it the third level is like you're underground that's the cave isn't it yeah it's like the cave with the water and stuff and uh five you're i don't know where you are but you're oh god i just remember those straight like the 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 straightaways where you it's the the pictures hanging and the the medusa heads with mm. also the axe knights oh, oh god yeah. that was so terrifying and just so freaking hard um and then with, like, uh, as you're walking up to Dracula at the end of the game, you've got the big moon in the oh, corner yeah. and stuff as you're walking up, and the music just, like, it just builds perfectly. It's And which it's, became a titular it's, thing. It's easy to see why it was such a beloved franchise and why they continued to kind of emulate that kind of style. In oh, yeah. It, like, it even coined, like, the, the big thing with Knockback. I mean, oh, yeah. Knockback became such a staple in that generation of gaming. Yes, it did. That, I mean, Mega and Man I wonder, did it. And I wonder what came first. Was was it uh, Castlevania or was it Ninja Gaiden? I think in Japan it may have even been Castlevania. I think so. That came back, um, that pioneered the uh, the whole knockback system. Yeah, because Mega Man had knockback as well, but... Not as bad. It wasn't like... Because at least in Mega Man, you could you could change direction in the yeah, air. Yeah, no, it was and more of Ninja like the Ninja, the Ninja Gaiden. You could not, no, you could not. Uh, you just got knocked back, and you hoped right, to right. God that there was a platform under you. But like, because Castlevania had a, a goofy jump. The, where, even the original arcade for Ninja Gaiden was eighty-eight. Oh, serious? Oh, okay. So yeah, so Castlevania did come way before because then yeah. it was uh, ported to the Nintendo in eighty-nine. Was it really that late? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. See, for some reason, I yeah. thought it was 87. Yeah, I thought it was 87 I thought well. it was 87, but it's, yeah, it was, <laughs> uh, then, uh, what was it? Um, yeah, December 88 for NES, Oof. for Japan. And then uh, March 89 for us. Yeah, and then 1990 or 91 was Ninja Gaiden 2. 90. and then Oh, 90. And then 92 was, uh, was uh, Ninja Gaiden 3. Master okay. System 1, yeah. yeah. Well, I do want to say something. So. Everybody, I apologize. There's a very enthusiastic cricket somewhere there in here. Sure is. So you're gonna be hearing this cricket. I'm gonna put it up as a co-star because <laughs> it's basically trying. No, it's it's fine, Paul. Co-starring Chirpy. Yeah, we're gonna call him Chirpy. Chirpy the cricket. So if you hear cricket chirping, he's uh he's been with us for the past few <laughs> recordings. I think. I don't know what he's surviving on either. Yeah, so I don't either. He's a very pissy cricket, though. <laughs> but yes, he's very vocal. Chirpy, knock it the fuck off unless you got something good to add. Man. Yeah. Or, or, unless we have bad awkward pauses and then you can chirp. Yeah, chirp all you want. <laughs> I pet peeve, um, I hate crickets. I, hate I know them you do. so much. So, and then the first Castlevania even had really good, I think, fantastic music. 
Yes, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, it's got some of the most iconic music. It's up there with, like, just... Mega Man, I think, for NES music, for, like, some of, like, the most catchy and, like, iconic. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean... Konami, man. They knew how to oh, compose Konami a soundtrack. Yeah, just like Konami Capcom, knew, Yeah, they knew Taito. how to do a soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you had some developers that just knew their shit when it came to music. Yeah. Like I said, Taito was another good one that did mm-hmm. fantastic fucking soundtracks to their games. Yeah. I, mean, I think the only, like real drawback I, I in my opinion for the original one is their their choices of like colors sometimes mm, the graphics well it, like the graphics themselves Not, are fine it's just their choices of the color I know palettes. What, I know what you mean yeah is some of the color palettes just never seem to like match well and they went with contrasting yeah. colors on purpose but yeah. <clears throat> but I just think that some of the colors they chose are just ugly yeah well if you're talking about ugly colors, Let's move on to Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest, yeah, well, which has yeah, a yeah. very muddy, very lots of grays, lots of browns, lots of. It's just a very darkly toned game. And so, before I, I feel like we have to preface this, even though we've talked about it before, but if people are unaware, is that I, I don't know if it was a directive through Nintendo, but we saw this a lot in the Nintendo era where you had a very successful number one game, Mm -hmm. whether it's Super Mario Bros. 1, Legend of Zelda 1, Castlevania 1. Um, Mega Man's really the only one that never changed. Yeah, that never really changed from it. But you had a lot of games like like that where they had a very, okay, this is the way that it plays, it's a platformer, or this is what it is. And then they completely flipped it upside down for their number two, which is why you had Super Mario Bros. 2 the way it looked. You had Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest the way it looked. Adventure you of Link. You had Adventure of Link the way it well, looked. It's because, I and I think Nintendo said that if something was really popular, they didn't want to... They didn't want to simply just rehash what they've already done. They wanted to create the next new big thing. And once they realized that the number twos didn't really sell as well as the original ones, mm. that's when they started going back to like just Im- like improving on what they had already done for the number ones. It's almost like they tried to avoid like gaming burnout. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because how many yeah. game series now do you see where it's like, there are four titles in, and it's just literally the same, the same thing. Game. Well, you know, uh, the, the Madden Tetris would like a word with you. <laughs> yeah, but the only problem is there's no. never there's never any p- pleasing anybody. Yeah, because yeah. if you do the same thing, there people are going to complain. How come you're not changing? But then when you change, people say, "Well, how come you're not how doing come, it like how the come original? you're not doing it like the original games?" Yeah, so, yeah. Honest, at least with the like, on the NES era, I think it was. The first game is okay. Cool, we've established our like our foot in. We're doing this. A lot of these number two titles to me, it seemed like they were like over ambitious on what they could do after the success of their first game. Or they just they uh, were just experimental. I think well, it was that's, just that's experimental. part of ambition though. Is I being like, I want to try something different yeah. because like the first one, first Castlevania, like I mean, even uh, Zelda is a great example. The first one was great. It, we and then they're like, so well, how can we take what was great about it and add something that'll wow, but even be even greater. It, that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily work. It basically that's why like the, the world map changed and you have the side yeah. scroller and stuff. And it meshed the original Legend of Zelda with like Mario Brothers because now you have Legend of Zelda, but now it's a platformer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though it wasn't a platformer because there wasn't very much platforming in it. But it's well, like, they went they, to that. They, they, they wanted that, to do that. that. They wanted to go to that like view so they yeah. could add more detail, maybe. 
But mm-hmm. I think I think the Castlevania Two was the same way. But I think they also wanted to add more story directly into it. Oh yeah, they did. And I mean, with Castlevania Two, I don't think necessarily that the the design was the problem. No, the God, that big, was the least of their problems. The big major problem was the fact that the game was so cryptic. It was translated very well. I would say over here, yes, because it was translated so poorly. I don't know how like how cryptic it is in Japan. It's a very it's a terrible night for a curse. (laughs) Yeah, but yes, Simon's Quest, which released in Japan in eighty seven, eighty eight for us, a mere one year after the first one. So I mean, that's very short chunk of time. And you know, especially to create a whole different t- style of game from scratch. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. You know, well, I don't know if it's so much I'd say scratch. I think it's still used the same engine as the first game, I believe. Just yeah. modified. You know what's funny is that, so, as a kid, I had played Castlevania 1. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the first game I ever truly remember being scared of while I was playing. And... I never played number two and never played number three. It wasn't until I started seeing the games in GameStop when, when like Funko Land slash GameStop, when they were still selling Nintendo games, because you always had Castlevania one and Castlevania three were like seven ninety nine nine ninety nine. Castlevania two without fail would always be four ninety nine, <laughs> and I'm like. That game must not be as good as the other ones because that one is always cheaper than the other two. Like, why is that? And I didn't realize that there was such a hatred. Like, I I feel like... I almost wonder what they go for now. I feel like the pendulum is swinging, though, where it's like people tend to want to gravitate towards like, oh, this game is like, everybody says it's so bad. It's like, well, you know, I'm going to find the love in it. And so then people start gravitating towards like, okay, it's not as bad as it as we thought. The same thing happened with Zelda, though, too. Like, first one came out, people loved it. Second one came out, people hated it. Third one came out, and people were like, oh, the second one wasn't too bad. Exactly. And, like, it wasn't until yeah. the third one that people hated the second. Yes. Like, same yeah. with Mario. Mario was, 2 gets a lot of hate, but it was actually it very was a, well received. It was well received. It yeah. sold like gangbusters. Yeah, that's this, a weird... The like, same thing is Zelda 2. Everybody is like, oh, that certainly is the black sheep of the family. It's like, well, you know what, though? It's everybody, not, though. It didn't stop people from like saying in Nintendo Power that it was the best game that came out in 1989. Uh, it it so, can't be the black sheep of the family considering stuff like CDI and stuff exists. So. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. And to be so, honest, I mean, I've said it many times, Adventure of Link is my favorite Zelda game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, of everything that's come out, it's by far one of my favorites because yeah. I just, I don't know something about it mm-hmm. is just it's so much more fun to me maybe because it yeah. feels quicker I don't know it, something about Zelda 2 just just really resonated with me maybe yeah. it's because of my my experience with it as a kid it, it could it have could just been be. what you were yeah how yeah. you were playing I mean, it like, as a kid I, and stuff yeah with like Castlevania 2 like they, they they wanted more sense of exploration which I got yeah but like between the way they translated it to where, yeah, it's cryptic as hell, so stuff doesn't make sense, and then just like using item, like certain items. What is it? You have to have the was the stake to break those orbs or whatever. Yeah, you get the stakes, and like it's one of those it's where it's just like it doesn't really make sense. Well, to me, one of the things that they also did too is they took things that were fundamentally understood in the first one and then flipped them on their sides, like how you would collect hearts because that was what used your sub-weapon. Yeah, well, yeah. then, your fuel, your well, then in number two, they turn hearts into your currency. 
Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, you can't just throw, like, no, you can't just change something this drastic and, like, tell me now that, okay, you were collecting these to use your weapon, but now this is your currency. Like, yeah. wh- what? Why? Yeah. <laughs> that and just... It, it makes you learn stuff over again that you didn't think that you even had to learn in the first place. That's true. Well, we'll start off with the beginning of it. Obviously, everybody knows that Symphony of the Night just didn't come out of nowhere. No. No. Simon's Quest is what kicked off... Basically, yeah. The idea of the free exploration, the needing a specific item to get to a certain spot kind of thing. It's It, well, and, it was like Metroid. And obviously, yeah, I was going to say, the, the huge Metroid influence yes, that they it, were like, I like what that game's doing, but yes. let's keep our horror theme. It basically mm-hmm. took, yes, it basically took Castlevania and it meshed up Metroid. Because, yeah, they basically said, we love the aesthetics of the scary stuff in Castles. Uh, dark overtones, and we love what Metroid does, where you, like you get certain items, and then it unlocks like certain new parts of the levels for you. So we're gonna we're going to incorporate that into our game, and thus you had Castlevania too. Yeah, yeah. And it's, quest. It was one of the things I loved about it yeah. because it's like while you started with like the basic whip, you'd spend the hearts to get like the chain whip, and then you'd mm-hmm. get like the flame whip until I think is the flame whip the best, or there might be a better one. I don't, I really don't remember. remember the weapons in that one. Yeah, it's been so long. My brother Adam knows Simon's yeah. Quest like the back of his hand. He oh, fucking of course. loves that game. Well, we might need him for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at it. I've gotten three or four of Dracula's parts, but I've never beaten it. Fortunately enough, I'm pretty sure that there are Nintendo Power walkthroughs. Oh, I'm um, sure. Like in the magazines and stuff, because that was it was a very well received game and it was a huge release yeah. back in the day. Yeah. It, the but like you had mentioned, the drawback to a lot of these great ideas were just how poorly it was translated and just how cryptic it was. Yeah. Because, I mean, there were certain areas where you had to destroy floors that gave no indication that you could destroy the floors to get to something where you could buy a crystal to do something mm-hmm. that you just had no clue. Yeah. You would never know to do that. It was just through either A, Nintendo Power, or just, whoops, <laughs> you <laughs> some shit on the ground. And <laughs> the funny thing is... They keep that going forward in the franchise, though. That is true. Symphony of the Night has, in, in like some of the later games, like they have just obscure. Oh, this wall can be broken open to get something to get a different ending. Yeah, but I do love the fact though that it took until what was it, uh, Lords of Shadow, when they explained the wall meet. That's uh, uh, mirror, mirror of fate. Mirror of fate. Mirror yes. of fate. Yeah. Yeah, the wall meet. <laughs> <laughs> But so you're collecting the I think it's five pieces of Dracula. Same symphony. Same. Oh uh, yeah, I suppose that's it true. It is. It's the heart, uh, the fang, the the rib, the, the, the eye, eye, and something else. Heart. Yeah. yeah. Did you say heart? heart, fang, rib, eye, and was tooth, right? That's fang. Or nail. It could be. Yeah. It could be. It claw. could be the nail. nail. Could be I the think. nail. Yeah. Yeah. So you're collecting the pieces of Dracula so you can basically get rid of the curse that he placed on the Belmont clan. In their previous encounter. Yeah. That's basically the story. Um, so that's basically what you're doing, is just wandering around the world collecting pieces. But it's cool, because you actually can use certain pieces of him as, like, tools. Like, mm-hmm. you use his rib as a shield. Which well, I don't right. understand how that works, but, you know, yeah, his rib is essentially a shield for him later. So you can block projectiles. It was a very, very well-crafted idea that just was kind of... They kind of, like, <laughs> needed some fumbled polish. the juggling a bit. Yeah. 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 Um, I think had they released this in a, another year, 
or two, like really gave it some polish, this game would have been a perfect like follow-up. Yeah. I think I they could have they could have worked out a lot of the weird goofy things that ended up happening to it. Unfortunately, that's kind of a thing with the NES era was how fast they rushed some sequels out. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. So I was just looking up <clears throat> on price charting, and it looks like the the prices of the cart-only games, like Castlevania 1, 2, and 3, <clears throat> their, their prices reflect how people feel about the games. Mm. Really? So, <clears throat> One's probably the most expensive. No. Really? Three. Three is. Wow. Three... Card only is about forty. I think it was like forty or forty-five dollars. That's not bad. One is twenty-five dollars. Mm-hmm. Two is fifteen. <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh, that's terrible. So it's yeah. I think everybody like and and we'll we'll talk about it soon enough. If if not now, but Castlevania three, um, it really took everything that was great about the first one, improved it in every single way, and it became basically the go-to Castlevania game on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. It, it basically took Castlevania 1, but you could have additional help in the form of... Different characters. Of Grant, oh, of Sypha. Yeah, it's right. Of, I forgot um, about that. Grant, uh, and Tre- Alucard. And Alucard. That's right. Yeah. Oh, my God. They introduced Alucard in, in 3. Yeah. Not only could you have additional characters that could help you but you had pick a path basically Mm -hmm. you could either take the upper path the lower path and they had a lot of different variety to like what those paths would be and a lot of like either like some were easier some were harder um so it basically took everything that was great about castlevania one and it put a huge amount of replayability onto the game so oh, that yeah. you could just play it over and over and over again and never get the same experience twice. So sure. I think, honestly, that's why like Castlevania 3 is far and away the best one that came out on the system and the one that is the fondest remembered for the NES era. Oh, 100%. But going back to 2, because 3 kind of shares some similarities in the sense that three or uh, Castlevania 2 also had multiple endings. Which was something that's that, right. It did. Yes, yeah. it was based on how quickly you beat the game. Yes. Which yeah. I looked it up. How to get the best ending? You have to beat it within eight day cycles. Eight cycles from day to night, day to night. That seems it's, really quick. It's because, it those, is. because those cycles are not. I mean, they're not. They're they're not long, but they're like they're. Oh, they feel long. That's honestly, I feel like that's most people's biggest complaint of the game is it's a terrible night for a curse. Yeah. It feels like the daytime is twice as twice as short. Yes, as as, as the, the nighttime. nighttime. Which it, I like, mean, I get could all be. Yeah. I, I really don't know. I've never actually sat there and timed it. Yeah, but that was the worst part because once night fell, all the villagers left. You couldn't go in any houses. You basically had to wait for daytime to come. Yeah, <clears throat> and like I said, based on how long it took you to complete the game, gave you different endings and. To be honest, if you look up the different endings, none of them sound all that great. They're no, yeah. <laughs> they're all pretty depressing. <laughs> Don't they all end up with the gravestone on the hill or whatever? Yeah, it's basically oh. he's dead. <laughs> it's very strange. He dies at the end. Well, I mean, eventually. I, I don't know. But, I, I think, spoiler alert! Well, I think I the think, date changes. I think. Oh, okay. I, I think. Yeah. The. It, I think they're all like much later. It's not like he beats Dracula that dies. Yeah, he, he just lives out his life. And yeah, then, yeah. It's a very you'd have to look it up because I've never <clears> beaten <throat> it. But it's 
yeah, none of the endings are particularly all that great, mm-hmm. like, in context of the game, but I appreciate Simon's Quest for what it is. I actually really love his design. I think I think the design for Simon looks is probably the best looking. Oh yeah, for sure. Three. Oh, definitely. I love the red and the black. His I design, I think, is what directly inspired. Um, was it Leon and Lament? Oh yeah, maybe. They're almost. I can I, see I, that. If you look at their outfits, yeah. they're almost identical. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And it's just funny too because I was thinking about this. There's only one other time in the entire series that Simon's Quest is directly referenced. And it's in Harmony of Dissonance for the GBA. Mm-hmm. You play as just Belmont, who is the grandson of Simon. Used. Hmm. Yes. But he talks about his grandfather, Simon, defeating Dracula to lift the curse off the Belmont clan. Hmm. Which, uh, that was a good one, too. I like nice Harmony Lord. of Dissonance. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of a neat thing, too, is like how much a lot of these games connect. Yeah, oh, yeah. In, in yeah. terms of like the Belmont clan and all well, that Well, and they've done a good job where it's like, unlike... In- <clears throat> It's a great series. I love it, but their timeline is just yeah, it's nasty. <laughs> Zelda has yeah. an incredible like. I love every Zelda game, but their timeline is just. Ugh. Well, Castlevania is almost the exact opposite, where it's like but at least it like, has a very tight timeline. Like it's it's very it stays in the lore very like very well very linear. Yes. Yeah, but we've talked about it before. Zelda's clearly would they were never meant to be. I don't think connected. they were meant to be connected. It's it's, o- it's only because of fan pressure that they're they're acknowledged as that's, connected. That's true. With that's the exception true. of like Zelda one and two, like they're not connected. They're all even. I would say um, uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask were connected too because that's yeah. the uh, uh, Majora's Mask follows directly the events that end at yeah. Uh, yeah. At but Ocarina like for time. the most part, they're but, not supposed to be connected. Whereas Drac like. Castlevania is telling the overall story of these of Dracula fighting these various the families and stuff yeah. throughout yeah. the and, ages and the, how it's affected the families and stuff. The yeah. only time it gets a little muddied is the PS2 era. Because they introduce yeah. Matthias and all of these, like the pre- Matthias who becomes Dracula, pre-Dracula, like oh, like when Dracula becomes Dracula, but he's not Dracula until all this other shit happens. It's well, that was one thing I actually did not like about um, Lords of Shadow, actually, and I mean we're kind of jumping the the gun here, but um, is at the end of it when the character that you are, like basically Gabriel, Gabriel he turns into like Dracula. I never understood that. I kind of thought that was a cool touch. I mean, I like a, that touch. I mean, of it was a cool touch. Clan, like Dracula is fighting off his own clan. I mean, it's, I, I, I thought it was a cool touch, but at, uh, I think I was under the impression that wasn't Lords of Shadow supposed to be almost like a prequel to? No, it's a complete reboot. It was supposed to be a reboot. Oh, it's just a reboot. It's a hard oh, reboot oh, for oh, a, gotcha. a new timeline. Okay, well then it just never didn't mind. Makes sense because wasn't Gabriel? Wasn't he a Belmont? Yeah, he's a Belmont. Yeah doesn't make sense but i guess it kind of does because that would explain existed. why the belmont clan has, the has to fight the, them in the first place yeah. yeah yeah which would make sense i suppose if you think about but it but yeah i was always under the impression that it was like a, a prequel that took place like no, thousands it's, it's of years before like the events yeah. of castlevania 1 no it's a hard reboot oh, okay. for the series ah. yeah cuz like you said leon is leon belmont was supposed to be like the first one yeah and gets, yeah because if you, you you've never played Lament of Innocence for the PS2, I assume not yet. I think I have that one. Probably, which probably. which is the cheaper of the two, Lament, Lament or uh, Curse Lament of Darkness? Is, Lament's cheaper, They're I believe. Both pretty close, if I'm not mistaken. They're I, really not that expensive. Although Curse, I think it might it might be cheaper if you get the Xbox version. It's possible. Because that was released on PS2 and the original Xbox. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, but it's weird. Yeah, I have Lament of Innocence. Yes. Okay. okay. Lament, the final boss is actually death. It's not even Dracula. Yeah. It's very weird. Mm. Which actually that's a pretty cool fight. Um, but, uh, I mean, other than the fact that I, a lot of people kind of frown upon Simon's Quest, and I know there was actually a fan trans, like retranslation of the game that was re-released on like emulators and stuff. Yeah. Where it made the night cycles shorter and actually retranslated all the text. Oh, it so actually makes the game so basically corrected great. everything like all yeah. the the gripes that people had with the game in the yeah. first place. Because I know like the biggest thing was the uh, kneeling in front of the, the cliff to yeah. get the tornado to sweep you up. Because yeah. I think somebody says something about pray at the edge of the cliff or something like that, and you're mm-hmm. like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Even though, to be honest, I figured that out as a kid. Yeah, but it wasn't that cryptic. Yeah, but. Uh, at the same time, though, I mean, was it just something where you were just, like, you just happened to be pushing down at that particular location and you just lucked out? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's not that you figured it out, it's just that it's you did something that that you well, weren't was, really paying attention to and you somehow, like, overcame it. It was one of those things, too, because in, in the first Castlevania, I know there were secrets if you knelt, or knelt, if you... Kneeled yeah, yeah. At, certain kneeled at spots, certain spots, it would create yes. treasures to pop That is up. true. That is true. I yes. thought maybe that could be a thing in that one. So I remember going around oh, and just starting to kneel so in certain spots. You were just using spots. the history of that, yeah. Yeah, so that's, I mean, yeah. granted, if you've never played the first one, you would never know that. No, that's true, yeah. You know, whatever. That's, that's but, actually good deductive reasoning, too. Yeah. That's, that was that was cool. I'm a smart gamer. Hey, you guys don't give me enough credit. Don't, no, <laughs> Watching I your gameplay nowadays doesn't yeah. to demonstrate that, though. Fair enough. <laughs> But yes, I just like Adventure of Link, Simon's Quest holds a small place of of adoration in my heart. Yeah, I, I I appreciate it for what it tried to do. Mm-hmm. I do still kind of like its shortcomings are definitely one of those kind where it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. well, you guys would have, well, especially in the translation team, if you they would have taken more time and done things right, it might not have been hated as much as it is. I kind of wish they would do a remake. And yeah, I'm this surprised, is a game that I'm I would surprised be, they haven't. Yeah, it would actually. be a. Especially in the era where all it's those games... Konami. Are... Yeah, Fair Konami enough. doesn't make games anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in that era of like the DS games where that yeah. style was so huge and booming. Mm-hmm. That would have been a good time to do a, it, a yeah, Castlevania 2 remake. But yeah, to be quite honest, I, I mean, we haven't played it on the channel yet for like Castlevania 2. But I'm I, I'm honestly, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Me too. I'm, yeah, I can't wait to play that one. Just because I've never really played a whole lot of it like... Even as an adult, I haven't played a lot of it, but it's one of those that it's. I'm really looking forward to, mm-hmm. to experiencing it. Oh, yeah. Like, the castles so. you have to go through to get the, yeah. the parts are actually pretty neat. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. So, from there, fast forward another year. Year. A couple years. You have Castlevania three. 1990. Yep. 90 for us, 89 for Japan. So, a couple years yep. after two. Yeah. yeah. Castlevania three, Dracula's Curse. You're now, it's a prequel to the first one. Mm-hmm. You're now you're playing as Trevor Belmont. And, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it we already touched much, on, like, the other characters yeah. are added. And, it, yeah. it basically created a whole lore of, like, the Belmades. It, Bel- yeah. uh, is it Belmades? Belmades? Uh, I, I don't know how it is. I, th- I think, Belmades. well, in the, in the, uh, I want to say in the, the uh, Netflix series, they, it's like Bel, uh, Bel Belnadish or something like that. They say it almost oh, like with an right. SH sound. Cause are they, are they from? Well, I don't remember where they're from. The the, the Belnads. No, the the 
Belnadish. Belnadish. Yeah. Belnadish. Where they're from. Because they're close friends with the Belmonts. Yeah. From what I remember. Oh, I don't remember. I don't know. But they're brought up but, again, too, yes. in, like, other iterations of yes, the Castlevania yeah. series. But you, yeah, you, it, like, it, it widens the lore where mm-hmm. you have, like, Grant Dynasty helping with, like, everything. Alucard, where you find yeah. out that he does not like Dracula. He is the son of Dracula, but he wants to help to bring down his father because he thinks that, like, his ways of doing things are just not, not good. Yeah. And then you've got, yeah, and then you've got Sypha, Belnadish, and just, I, I, I absolutely love that game i think oh yeah it's super hard but at the same time it is definitely probably one of the top 10 games on the entire system oh yeah i mean so much so that when yeah ego basically remade that game with uh bloodstained yeah Uh, the curse Curse of the moon moon and and oh that's right when he did the when he did the off uh the the, 2d one that that wasn't his main company it was one of the other company some Mm -hmm. other company did it but it's literally just a copy paste of Castlevania 3 with with new stuff. Mm -hmm. And again, this was another one. Multiple endings, depending on either who your character, your partners were, or if you didn't even have one. Because I didn't realize you could actually play through the game without even having a partner. Without actually getting a partner? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, you share the same life bar, and Mm. your your sub-weapons change, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, yeah. Well, you can actually, when you... Because don't... You have to, like, defeat them in order to break them of the curse, and then they join your team, correct? Pretty much, yeah. But yes. you have a choice when they say, like, will you let... You can just jump over Yeah, will away. you let me join your team or yeah. something like that? You can say no. Right, right. So, interesting that, yeah. I don't think I've ever like, done that, And, though. again, he recopied that in Bloodstained, because you can jump over them and choose not to have any of them join you when you're playing as... What is this, Zengetsu? Zengetsu. Like, oh, you can... Zengetsu, you yeah. can... I, it's like, you can have them join you in that one you can walk away from him and I think you can kill him you can kill him to get their powers yeah oh wow so, so you like, can basically make Zangetsu have all of the abilities of the characters if you just kill him uh-huh. or like I said you can ignore them all yeah, or you can so have like, them join you clearly Ego liked that one when he went and he was like let's make another one yeah no <laughs> so, he, yeah yeah and but it again great. it's mm-hmm. Introduced a lot of fan favorite characters in Castlevania Three. Mm-hmm. Saipa and Alucard became like oh, huge, staples. absolutely staples. And I, I know uh, poor Grant, I don't think ever got yeah. any. Love, but, but he also he makes another appearance though. In he, what? Symphony of the Night. Grant and Saipa. The oh, dead ones. that's right. When you fight the three of them, <gasps> that's you fight right. the reanimated. Yeah, that's yeah. right. right. They do make. That. He becomes an enemy at one yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> the only time he's ever read it. I was going to say, poor Grant. Yeah, yeah he was like, such a cool it's character. It's still one of those things where it's like, okay, it's cool to see that, you know, they're bringing these characters that Alucard knew to the future, and he has to end up fighting what yeah. were once his friends. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was, like, a, some overarching, like, thing that Ego was like, okay, yeah, I like this. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. So... But otherwise, gameplay-wise, it went right back to its roots. It plays exactly like one. Yes, better. It, it controls well, yes, better. Yes. Oh, much better. Uh, the the graphics are just so oh. superior to the first one. But then again, you literally had three, four years of development time yeah. to figure out like what the limitations were and what yeah. you could really do to push it to the limit. Um, so I mean, it's just everything: the sound quality, the graphics, the characters, the environments. Everything was just. Oh, so good. Yeah. yeah, the abilities of just some of your partners were amazing. Mm-hmm. Granted, I think Grant only had the knife and the axe, but he could climb walls. Couldn't he also yes, do the, he could the climb bigger the walls. jump? He could jump higher, yep. yeah. so you could make some of the bigger jumps. Uh, Sypha had the spells. 
And Alucard had the bat. Alucard mode. had the bat. You could just fly around, which that's Good. actually how I beat the game was with Alucard. Mm-hmm. So I remember because the one couple, time I've ever beaten it, there's a couple paths you could only get by turn being the bat and flying over yep. like a, a weird pit to like that's, get to the. That's what was kind of cool is there were different paths based on who you had. Yeah. But no, the game could be played with anybody, which was the coolest part about it. it yeah, was like, it was kind of like shortcuts. Well, and that's that's actually a question I had. Are the different paths the same length, or do they like shorten or expand the game? I, I haven't played enough of the game to really know. I, I, I like I said, I beat it many, many years ago. I, I want to say I beat it around the time we started the channel. I beat mm. it on an emulator, but I don't really remember too much of it because mm-hmm. that's one of those ones where it's like when I was. And I had um, the emulator on freaking got a computer years and years ago, but it was one of those. It was, I would just go through the list of oh, I know this series. Let's just start playing these ones. And I beat it on there, and it was yeah. I don't remember too much of it because like it's just a lot of those games were a blur when you're playing mm-hmm. through so many of them. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't think I've ever personally beat it myself. I've only I probably made it about halfway through the game or or three fourths of the way through the game. But that was that was about it. Yeah, it's. I think they they learned a lot for how to like shape the franchise with that. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I because think because I to be yeah. honest, like even I, I brought up like Symphony, like having some of those characters reshow up. Mm-hmm. I think like the the way the characters had different like intentions is kind of seen in the later games too. Mm-hmm. Still, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if you get into some of the GBA like, ones and the well, DS and that's, ones. I was gonna bring like yeah. the protagonists are clearly they they're all they're not just oh we're just gonna keep doing the the generic Belmont with the whip and keep going with this. It's no, let's do uh, what's her name from Maclacia that does the glyphs. Oh um, fuck, what's her name? I want to say it starts with an S. Shanoa. There we go. Yeah, but like like the different characters are like they're they're while the, like. You can see their previous like inspirations in some of Castlevania Three for oh, some yeah. of these other characters. Yeah. So well, you I mean a lot of those characters even make uh, returns. Like you, um, what's her face? Uh, she's he's in, or she's in Arya, Arya and Dawn. She's Yoko? the the, yeah Yoko. Her uh, she's part of the Belnaitish clan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like you kind of even see them even though, well, what is it's Soma. Yeah, Soma's the then. Uh, yeah, but he's he's not a Belmont. He's Dracula. Right. You, there is a Belmont, but I don't remember his name. Is that that's uh, that's the old the, the the dude with the beard? He, he's in Dawn. When you do when you choose the optional thing to become Dracula, and it unlocks the the mock Castlevania three part of the game. Can't remember what his name is. Mm. But you get it basically becomes Castlevania three. You have you have a Belmont. A Sypha and Alucard. Mm-hmm. You get Alucard. Oh, Julius. Julius. Julius Belmont. There you go. Yeah. But, I mean, Castlevania Three even inspired things way down the line. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because, like... Yeah, that's right. That's right. I if you look at the top of the screen, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look at that. Three <laughs> characters. Which one yeah. was that one? That's Julius that mode. Dawn, no, no, no. Dawn of Sorrow. Dawn of Sorrow. Dawn of Sorrow. The, oh, yeah. the, it was the sequel to Arya for the ah. GDA. That one was DS. Yeah. Which of course, there's DS, Dawn of Sorrow, DS. Yeah, Resident Evil Deadly Silence. Yeah. No. God, Nintendo forcing that was yeah. weird. <laughs> but yes, uh, Castlevania Three. It was like you said, went back to that 
Castlevania difficulty. Yeah. I mean, it was a top. I remember one specific staircase where you're going up and it winds back and forth, and there's just the flaming shooting skull heads all along the walls. Mm, that, I remember that. That always sticks out in my mind because yeah. that was the hardest hard. part in the game. So freaking hard. Even Dracula really was kind of a pain in the ass. Oh yeah, he's always been a pain in the ass. I think, except for, uh, uh, except for uh, Simon's Quest, because you could really like you could still not you him. could yeah you could yeah. There's a way yeah. I think you can just with the holy water spam with the holy, holy water, water yep. and, and he, he just can't yeah he just can't move so you can yeah you can spam it. Uh, to be honest, the, the hardest Dracula is probably still Order of Glacia. Yeah, Order of Glacia is probably the hardest one. I don't think I've ever played that. He's one. He's got this one attack where he'll like do this giant like energy bubble and if you don't turn to a bat and hide up in the corner you get hit by it and it basically just it's a one hit kill oh it's geez. a one hit kill like he's just mean in that well then Which, again granted, that, that entire game is very hard yes that that game goes back to like the legendary castlevania difficulty oh things take shit. away a lot of damage or a lot of health oh. and you bosses yes. will destroy you. bosses are like even basic like you remember the tin man from symphony of the night yeah He's a hard fucking enemy in that one. Oh god! He kicks the shit out of you. Oh no! It's I weird. Don't, I like, don't like that. But there's technically multiple endings to that one too because you can. The whole idea is for you to get that glyph and then you yeah. use it and banish yeah, Dracula, sure. but you kill yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting. We'll get to that when we talk about the DS titles at a later date. But yeah, Castlevania three. Anything else to go with it? I don't. Really... I don't. I don't think so. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, I do like the fact, and you'll you'll see this when we. Uh, when we like display the the game box and stuff like that, but uh, you could win a trip to Dracula's castle. They had oh, that's they, right. Konami had the sweepstakes for winning a, a trip to uh, Dracula's castle in. I want to say it was it was either Romania or yeah, I Transylvania. Believe, I believe or something it's, like that. it's it's Wallachia. It's Romania, I believe. Yeah, so I think it's, it's I think it's Wallachia. Yeah, yeah, in Romania. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but yeah, I, I've even got the the card still like in the box and stuff like that. So it's yeah, it's technically Romania. Yeah, um, Castle Bran. Yep, yep. So, but um, honestly, other than that, I mean, it's uh, honestly Nintendo. You could tell or Konami, they hit their stride with Castlevania yeah. at that point. It's like it was really you could not top the series on the Nintendo anymore at that point because no. Castlevania 3 did everything that it could and it did it so darn well. It was basically the height. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't possibly do better. That's why that's why we had to move on to either like the Super Nintendo or the Sega Genesis because it's like you really you hit the ceiling at that point. There's yeah. nowhere to go but down. Two vastly different so. experiences too. Well, yeah. I mean they could have stayed at that level too. They could have just capped out. True, could have Mega Man it. That's true. I mean Mega Man was basically the same for six titles until yeah. you got to Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, just adding some quality of life improvements along the way here yeah. and there, like yeah. with the slides and the charges and so no real, honest, no real dip, just yeah. a steady. They could have done a Castlevania four on the NES, especially if they're coming out every. One to two years. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo was still going strong in '92. Oh, very much so. so I mean, they had just released the Super Nintendo the year prior to that in 1991. Yeah. So, which brings us to well, Super Castlevania Four. Not necessarily, because here we can actually divert. Oh, that's we, true. We are going to be we are going to be playing Castlevania Three right now. Where do you want to take the upper path? you go to the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis era, or do you want to take the lower path and go to the Game Boy games? Well, I mean, well, te- technically, we already fucked that up. We we, we could have already because yeah, Castlevania, the Adventure. came before three. 
Castlevania well, Adventure. Sure, but I mean, we're not yeah. talking about these chronologically. I think no. I, I think we stick no, to like the talking chronologically. They... We skipped over three games technically. Yeah, like, yeah. Vampire I mean, just... Killer, Haunted Castle, and then. Uh, Castlevania Adventure, Adventure, and Kid Dracula. Kid Dracula is technically part and Kid of Dracula was part because that was Konami. Yeah, it is part of the mm-hmm. franchise. Yeah, that's so. true. But honestly, we might as well talk about it. Well, this series also, as most of them did, traveled to the Game Boy. Yeah, yes, I, I'd rather do the Game Boy ones first because these yeah. are the ones I've not played or seen much of. I so. played the first and the third. I did not play mm-hmm. the second. I have played the second. It was a long time ago, so I can talk a little bit about it. I don't remember a whole heck of a lot, but I know that it was it was much better than the first one. So the first one was kind of a product of its time and a product of the Nintendo was really trying to port as many games and, and like successful franchises as they could to the Game Boy to really help bolster the, I guess, the, the, uh, the resale of their system, which... They didn't really need to do because I think just the fact that you had a portable system that could go with you anywhere and play games like Tetris and Super Mario Land, like it, it was amazing to begin with. But you had games like Super Mario Land, you had games like Link's Awakening, and then of course you had the Castlevania Adventure where they were taking some of their most successful IPs and just porting them to the Game Boy. Oh, yeah. And honestly from what i remember of the first one it moves painfully slow it's a bit of a slog it is a slog but when you think about the limitations that they had on the game boy and they put an entire castlevania story on the game boy i think it's pretty it's it's a worthy effort i think they they did a fantastic job with what they with the limitations they had looking at this like it's only four stages Yep. You're talking the the first one, right? Yeah. Okay. It's only four yeah. stages, no sub weapons. No sub weapons and hearts I... restore life. I believe mm-hmm. so, yes. You get damaged, you lose your whip upgrades. Correct. Which that's stupid. So the first game had the legendary Castlevania difficulty. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was hard. And I still to this day have not beaten it. Because I cannot beat Dracula at the very end. I just I, I cannot. I can't do it. So this one, well, a little backstory. You play as Christopher Belmont. This uh, is set right, about yep. a century prior to the original. So, like three, this is kind of a prequel of sorts. Yeah, I don't know where this falls in the. Yeah, where line. would like okay? Because I'm not sure how far three is a prequel. I'm not sure what Trevor. I mean, is. it may it may have just been kind of like a one-off story that they never really went back to. That's possible because even so. in, even in. Um, a lot of these like side ones are never mentioned again. Yeah. Like, when have you ever heard of Sonia Belmont? No, it was, I, it was outside literally of Castlevania, just Castlevania Legends. Legends. Yeah, it you've was just never Legends. heard of her. No. So like, and they never she made... in the fighting game. Judgment. Uh, we don't talk about Judgment. Yes, we do. Judgment uh, was awesome. I loved Castlevania Did Judgment. You really? fuck yes. That game was fan fucking tastic. And the designs were cool. <laughs> like, have you ever played it? No, but I have it. <laughs> we will play it. We're on the playing channel. that at some point. It's actually fun as fuck. It's really no, it good. looks it looks beautiful though. It's gorgeous. It plays yeah. extremely well. I have to say, yeah. it's like Soul Calibur. <clears throat> it's like what? It plays like Soul Calibur. Oh, does it really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, four stages. Yeah, but, I don't know how much. Uh... So it's yeah, they're they're pretty short stages, but I mean, it is it's it's platforming and it's difficult because you are slogging around. There is still the the classic Castlevania knockback. Yeah. Um, as 
Uh, Kevin said, if you get hit, you lose your whip upgrades. So you really want to do as good as you possibly can without getting touched. Because See, it will get harder. This is where I feel like the upgrade system would make sense then. Yeah. Where you get hit, you lose it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That gives me some incentive to, to be better. You to, know what I mean? To Whereas, not get hit, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, as opposed to like the original trilogy where it's like, I have it, I always have it till I'm dead. Yeah. Oh, you know, I understand. I can, I can get behind this, this theory of, of mm -hmm. having to upgrade that. I'm okay with that. So, but with the limitations, obviously they could only do so much, but I think honestly, Castlevania Adventure was a worthy, mm -hmm. it, it, it was, it was a good, it was a good run that they, that they had. And I think it translated pretty well. Castlevania, uh, Simon's Revenge or Belmont's Revenge. Belmont's Revenge. Belmont's Revenge on the Game Boy came out. I want to say it was like a year afterwards, and it improved on what the first limitations were because I believe you did have sub weapons. Yep. Um, it had four stages again, but these ones were not like a stage one, two, three, four. It was it, you could pick whichever one you wanted. There was no incentive Aww. to picking certain ones before other ones, so it was completely independent. You could pick any one of the levels in order to um, to just play through them and experience. It was them. Mega Man style. Interesting. It literally was Mega Man style. Oh, and it's a password system. And it is a password system too. So I mean, honestly, the thing that I remember the most from from Belmont's Revenge is that I feel like it took the the uh, the Mega Man approach too of Mega Man One to Mega Man Two because. Belmont's Revenge was a hell of a lot easier than the second <laughs> one, or than the first one was. So I remember beating it within like, tw I think twenty or thirty minutes. Really, it's a short game. It is a really short game, but it's really, but it's really good. I've never played it and or seen it, so you know what? I wouldn't mind playing some of these Game Boy ones. Yeah, on we channel. can obviously yeah. we can play yeah. them on the Game Boy Player. Yeah, yeah, that would sure. actually be pretty cool. Yeah, because I, like I said, I remember <clears throat> Legends. And I remember Adventure mm -hmm. sucking at Adventure, which yeah. we didn't re we didn't mention. Castlevania Adventure technically got a remake on the Wii. It was a that, it was that Wii where it was Castlevania Rebirth, which I do have on the Wii. But that was on the that was the it was a, the virtual console, right? It was yeah, only it was Wii. Only yes, yeah. Unfortunately, okay. so I don't really. That's why I've never played it. Before. I don't even know if there's a way to even get it anymore. Probably not, because I think the Wii the Wii uh, shops closed. Yeah, it, it closed down years and years yeah. ago. Yeah, I mean, I have it. I bought it mm -hmm. a long time ago. So Maybe, it's still on your Wii. Yeah, I oh, still have it on my go. Wii U. Yeah. So we could actually play it if yeah. we really wanted to. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know if you can. Play I don't think it. Anymore. I don't think it was necessarily a game that needed to be remade, though. I mean, I it's just it, so. yeah, it's it's kind of more of a throwaway, just kind of a product of its time. But, yeah. but it's funny because I think Belmont's Revenge in the past couple of years has definitely had a resurgence where people are like now remembering or, or like noting that this game is like it's pretty good game and it's it's uh, that there's a lot to offer and so I think the price has like skyrocketed in like recent years. I was say, aren't the Game Boy titles just really expensive in general comparatively no. speaking? The first one is, I mean, honestly. Realistically, you might find it for like twenty bucks, but it's realistically like a ten or fifteen dollar game. Oh, okay. I thought the, they were expensive for some reason. The second one, for the longest time, I actually I don't even know what it's what it goes for right now. Um, let me see. Son of a bitch. <laughs> ah, hold on. Uh, Belmont's Revenge. So Belmont's Revenge is. Sixty-two dollars loose. 
which which it makes sense because uh, yeah then complete it's like over four hundred dollars so <laughs> so the the game boy boxes for some reason it just it makes them go up astronomically i don't understand why but it's yeah but it's it's sixty two dollars and then yes castlevania legends has always been a super expensive game and right now i think that one's sitting at about 185 dollars jesus as a game boy game i don't know if it's necessarily worth it <laughs> but um but fortunately enough, I remember that was, I think, at the first Midwest Gaming Classic or second Midwest Gaming Classic we ever went to. That's when I picked it up and I got it for 50 bucks. Jeez. Because the guy was asking 60 and I'm like, would you do 50? And the guy just kind of stared at me and he's like, yeah, I could do 50. And I'm just like, man, you can't haggle like that anymore because no. people are just like, well, I'm already, uh, I've already got it on the low end, so uh, I was actually thinking about like marking it up actually because I think that this is uh, this is one of my favorite games little, on the table. I, I have it a little bit lower than uh, than what I should be having it at. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, legally marked. If it's that, yeah. you have to sell it for that price. Yeah. That is the law. But it is cool that it does. So. It does. You can choose your stage. It's yes. set 15 years after the events of the first Castlevania adventure. Mm -hmm. I guess Dracula abducts Christopher Belmont's son Soleil. Uh, Someone oh, wants okay. to turn him into a demon, or something. And so you're trying to save him, then. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, not not much of a uh, of a story to eh, speak of. What do you it's, do? It's yeah. But I mean, you got your ca your classic Castlevania gameplay. Um, again, I like the idea of the non-linear uh, levels where you could pick whichever one you want and you're not punished for picking one over another, right, which is right. great because yeah. a lot of games did not allow that. Um, and I just, yeah, the, the final battle with Dracula was really cool, but just, like I said, they really just kind of overcompensated and made the game a lot easier than they probably should have. They went more Mega Man than they, yes, they, they did. anticipated. Well, it's, like I said, it was the perfect example of, like, Castlevania Adventure was Mega Man 1, and then they realized, like, ah, crap, we, we screwed up because we really made it difficult. So we're going to turn Mega, or, uh, Belmont's, or, uh, yeah, yeah, Belmont's Revenge into Mega Man 2, and that's exactly what they did. <laughs> so, but it's a great game, password-based system. You've got all your sub-weapons back, and... There's only two sub-weapons. Well, still, you, you have sub-weapons in the first place. And the American sub-weapons are different. Yeah, we, we got the axe and the... Holy water. Holy water. We didn't get the cross. Japanese had the cross. Instead of the axe. Who wanted the cross, anyway? Mm. Who cares? The cross is better than the axe. Yeah, the X was better. You could throw it up. The X was better. That's why they. That's why they. Boomerang choose, was better. That's why they chose those two. And and holy water has, I think, from the first one, has always been the best weapon. Oh yeah, it froze because <laughs> it, it literally froze them in place. And and each like individual like second was like an extra hit. Yeah. So it's it I, I really yeah I love that. So. Yeah. But from Castlevania two, we move on to Castlevania Legends, where you play as Sonya Belmont. This game is not canon. And I, I only popped that one in for a little bit. I've never actually played through that entire game. Um, just because it, again, it felt like it went back to Castlevania Adventure 1, where it just, the movements are so sluggish that mm -hmm. I, I, dare I say it, it's like, at times it feels borderline unplayable just because of how damn slow it is. Hmm. But it's, uh, I mean... It, I, I did have fun with it, but I just I remember thinking that this game just moves like you are moving like molasses in January. It's just like you just cannot. Uh. Yeah, you, I, you I remember have, that too. You have a little bit more of a of a history with this game than than yeah. I do. So, 
But th this one was cool in the fact that uh, you got sub-weapons, or sub-spells, they call them soul weapons, at the end of every stage. There's five mm -hmm. stages, and once per level you could enter what was called a burning mode, mm. where she moves faster, she's invincible, and I want to say she dealt more damage for 10 seconds. Oh, nice. Woo! 10 seconds! Woo! I mean, in a clutch, that's a lot of, hey, that's in a a lot clutch of moment, yeah, that's, that's pretty a lot of handy. Time. Yeah. And especially at the time, there was nothing like that that ever existed, mm -hmm. especially in the Castlevania in the franchise. Yeah. Well, and at that time, because I think uh, Legends came out in 1997 or 98. Seven. Seven for Seven. Japan, 88. Yes, or 98. 98 for, 98 for us, yes, because 99 was the last year that they published uh, games on the Game Boy, the original Game Boy. Um, but up until that point was there ever any castlevania game where your where the the main protagonist was a female no. i think that was it sypha has only been there's been and the she only was a secondary female. character yeah. yeah yeah but yeah you've never had so i i really like the inclusion of sonia in there like hey you actually have a woman protagonist yeah. you, you're experiencing it from a different point of view and side and it's to be like, honest they're really cool. They haven't had a female Belmont since. No, and I don't know why they haven't done that. You'd think that it. Oh, oh, oh that's right, because Konami doesn't make games anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, they haven't had they haven't uh, had a Belmont, but. Um, I mean, you have what's her face? Order of a place, yeah. Yeah, you have order. You have Shinoa. Well, you've got the, the female character in uh, uh, Symphony of the Night Symphony as well. Night, yeah. Maria. You yeah, also Maria. have the girl in, Charlotte in Portrait of Ruin. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they've had females, they've had but there's never been a female belt. Never one that you actually play as. And she's not even no. canon! Yeah, I know, and that's sad. That's the worst that's, part! That's sad. <laughs> why, why would they decanonize it, though? It's Is something it to it... do with the release of Lament of Innocence. Oh, it kind because of, it contradicts? I think so. Something. I think it kind oh, of retcons okay. gotcha. some of the nonsense. Yeah, it was designed as the first game in a series timeline, but later declared non-canon after the release of Lament of Innocence. Ah, uh, gotcha. That's Sad. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. So then, technically, there has never been a lead female protagonist uh, in canon Castlevania. Good job, Konami. <laughs> well, no, just there just hasn't been no, a lead female just... Belmont. Yeah, because yeah. Shinoa is true. still canon. Oh, that's true, and Maria is still canon too. Yeah. yeah, but she's not a Belmont either. And, and Castlevania Legends is actually a prequel to all other Castlevanias in the series. So Seriously, she, she wasn't even just the first female; she was literally the first Belmont. Oh my God! Wow. Mm. Way to fucking strip yeah. her of all the glory. Wow. <laughs> Chances are, it's probably because of the sales and that one didn't really live up to what they wanted. Yeah, but you know End what? The though, but life I think cycle around that time, yeah. Symphony of the Night came out, and and yeah. Symphony of the Night overshadowed everything. Because right. you actually everything. in this one, you actually meet Alucard. Mm-hmm. I mean... Because at, along that way, too, I mean, I, I can't remember when it came out or if it came out before or after, but, I mean, Castlevania Chronicles was for the PlayStation 1 as well, yeah. too. But that one is probably double the price of Symphony of the Night because of the fact that it's, like, kind of came and went. Nobody really, nobody really cared, but that's because Symphony of the Night really just... It blew the gates wide it's open to the franchise. It almost was like a blessing and a curse for yeah. Konami <laughs> because it was so successful that it completely overshadowed a lot of their other stuff that it's like it should have gotten like kudos and yeah. it never did. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, I, yeah, but I, I actually didn't know she was supposed to be the actual original because then, mm -hmm. yeah, when, when Lament of Innocence came out, Leon well, was technically the yeah. first Belmont. That, that's one of the only like 
overall complaints with the Castlevania franchise is they can never decide, you know... They can never pick a defining moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it's like, okay, because you have the original one. Okay, so that, you know, he's the first Bel Belmont. Well, no, no. We're going to do the sequel where it's, you know... It's a prequel. The sequel, sequel, prequel. Nonsense. And then, like they, oh, they constantly. The Castlevania has a very bad habit of, oh, we're gonna just put this new character in, but it's gonna be before these previous ones. Feels like Star Wars in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have, they do that with every franchise. Yeah, so it drives a, me fucking. But it, but at least it, with Castlevania, it's one of those things where it's like, well, this person's the first one. No, 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 no. Now this first person's the yeah. first one, and they can never decide mm -hmm. what is the definitive. This is our start. Everything else is after this. They cannot do that. For Who's them. the first Belmont? Who's the first Dracula? Yeah. Who's what? Why yeah. is Dracula Dracula? Yeah. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> they can never decide. And like, I, I, give, I agree. I give I a pass agree. to Lords of Shadow because that was a reboot of the franchise. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't a reboot. That's supposed. No. That's just them going. Well, this is the first one now. Even yeah. though the other said this other one was hundreds of years before the first game already. That's why I really liked Bloodlines. Because it scrapped the idea of the Belmonts and you started with the Morrises. Yeah. Who mm -hmm. were basically descendants of the Belmonts. Yeah. You know, and it, it was just kind of an interesting take on it when we'll when we'll get to that. Because that's, I want to say, technically after... Yeah, it's, it's much after the next game we'll talk about. Super Castlevania Four. So now we're also going... known as the shitty one. The shitty one. Nobody likes it. This is probably, as many people have stated, the worst entry in the system, the franchise. Okay, I wouldn't go that far. The Game Boy ones might take uh, that. Crap. Even the Game Boy ones were better. This one. <laughs> Look at Paul. He's ready to throw us out of the house. The critics panned it hard graphically. No, they didn't. They said, yeah, "What are you talking about?" Oh, you're wise. Oh, we're I the see. critics. I see. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're the critics. Gameplay-wise, it is the weakest in the series, and just overall experience. It's just—it's a hollowed shell of what the Castlevania franchise. Character really games. Is. The characters look better in the Sega game. Everything about the Sega version, the Sega one, was they just worlds better. <laughs> <laughs> no. Much like Link to the Past, Super Castlevania 4 is one of the most iconic games on the system. Yes, it mm -hmm. is. Super Nintendo, even I, as much it's not my favorite, but I still appreciate what the hell it brought to the table because it is yeah. a powerful entry in the Castlevania franchise. It it definitely is. It really feels like they took the original Castlevania game mm -hmm. and tried to say, okay, this is what we have now, and this is what we can do. Let's see what we can do with it. And they improved the graphics, they improved the music, yep. they improved everything. It was the first game where you could actually do the flourish with your whip, yeah, which was a cool little add-on, because then yep. you could like hurt things like bats and stuff like that without actually having to like tie up your whip with They've it. almost like, done it in pretty much almost, almost every everything single after one that. after, yeah. yeah exactly. And it was the first one to utilize being able to do it in all eight directions, I think. Because yes, I think was. you can swing straight down yes, as well, Yes, you right? sure can. If you jump, you can swing yeah. Yeah. straight down. And if yeah. I'm not mistaken, or if, from what I remember, this was actually a mechanic they wanted to implement in even the original. Yes. Was the ability to swing in all the directions, which obviously that, gra yeah. limitation-wise programming, they couldn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I understand that, but this was the first one to utilize it. Even even the Genesis one, you can't. Mm -hmm. You can only attack straight ahead and up at an angle. Yeah, you couldn't attack straight up or under. Well, you could spear. attack underneath. Spear and, guy could go. That's off. true. The spear guy could. Yeah, and he could jump. He and could do he the could spring jump. jump. Yeah, yeah. 
We'll get so. we'll get to bloodlines. Yes, the, the far superior version. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, Super Castlevania Four was basically a retelling of the first. It, it was, and and uh, we actually off off microphone. You you said that it looks nothing like any other Castlevania game. No. However, though, if you were to play the original arcade game, the uh, what is it? Haunted, Haunted Castle. Mansion. Haunted Castle. Castle. That's right. I'm Haunted sorry. Castle. It really does yes. copy those graphics yes. almost to a T. Yeah. So it's like they much. they basically wanted to say like we can do arcade level graphics on the Super Nintendo. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. So it did have a precursor to yeah. why they chose the graphics the way they did. But I mean, you had it felt like a mash between the original and Haunted. It really was. Yeah. 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 I think it really played more like Haunted Castle than it did like and yeah, like, yeah. keep calling it Haunted Mansion. I know. That's it's, Disney. It's, it's, I know Disney. it is. <laughs> so. But I mean, you had great music, great enemies, mm-hmm. great background like graphics. It <clears throat> even utilized some of the Mode Seven graphics, where you yep. had like the the spinning columns and stuff, or you had the screen that was like completely rotating while you're holding on yep. to one of the things. The distortion so, of pixels. Yeah, the distortion of pixels and stuff. 7. It's it's uh, it just it looked it sounded fantastic, and honestly. We've played through it on the channel before. It's a pretty long game. It's yeah. got like nine or ten different levels to it, and so it's it's a long story. And it introduces uh, some of the characters or the enemy staples. Yeah, you had Slowgrad and Gaiben, mm-hmm. were, which were in Symphony of the Night, and so many other later games. I think I mean, uh, uh, Olrox was Olrox started in that one. I think Olrox was yeah. part of this mm-hmm. one. I mean, it just it. Kickstarted a whole shitload of of iconic things for the yeah. franchise, mm-hmm. and like you said, it's it's a very long game. Yeah, and it, graphically, it's and gorgeous. actually this is actually the start of where Castlevania would just copy and paste like our assets, assets <laughs> yeah. into yeah. future games because like, but you know what? Like though, all you... like Symphony Night has a whole bunch of repasted from it. A lot of the DS ones had yeah. the enemies that were just copy and pasted. Yeah. I mean, in in Portrait of Ruin or not Portrait of Ruin. Uh, Dawn of Sorrow, when it goes into uh, Castlevania 3 mode, when you play as Julius oh, yeah. and Alucard, yeah. the Alucard is literally ripped straight from Symphony of the Night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Directly. Yeah. It's so fun. Hey, but you know what? When you already have something, get? when you already have something that's working, like, why would you change it? Exactly. It's, Fuck it, it. it just works, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Capcom's known for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. How many Street Fighters can we do in the same year? Oh, jeez. But yeah, like yeah. you were saying, we mentioned this off camera, it's it's the reason I make fun of it is because they've never gone back to that aesthetic. If you and look, that, I don't know why. I, I wonder why as well. I, I because I mean, yeah. Granted that he was was it was it Simon that you play as in in God. Super Castlevania? I believe so. Because but that's the I couldn't remember. When you see when you see Simon's like his uh, his graphic, like he's big. He's like, huge. He's huge. Yeah. And so it's like okay, I can understand why they wouldn't have him like that big. But at the same time, it's like he looked crisp. He looked like like fantastic. Just make a smaller version of him. Yeah. Like it's basically just, make it's him the great. way he looked in a uh, uh, Castlevania Chronicles. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, great graphics, great everything. Like, why wouldn't you go back to that style? Yeah. Well, it's. But it, it feels like the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis had a lot more experimentation than any of the other. Oh, like, yeah. Any of the other games in the series did, um, where they didn't know they they wanted to maybe make it 
this hyper realistic hyper graphical like game and then they went down the other side of the spectrum with bloodlines and then it was uh symphony of the night that really just kind of like when they had the success that they did that's what they then started copying after that mm-hmm, just mm-hmm, keeping it at 2d with these really bright almost almost bloodlines type brightness like characters and locations and um and that's what they ended up sticking with yeah i mean and this one as well utilized a password system yep much like in, which which it should have because that yes. game is damn long to so do in one 11 sit- 11 levels 11 levels yeah Whew. That's yeah. still a that's a meaty game. That is, yeah, that's a lot I, of meat on those bones. I want to say, uh, Bloodlines is only like seven. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's, it's, it's shorter. Really, it's it's shorter. a lot shorter. But no, I. It's only because I grew up as a Genesis kid that I give Super Castlevania Four such shit. It's probably why but, I get Bloodlines as much crap as I do, just because yeah. I was a Super Nintendo kid. Yeah. But I mean, this game. But it's it was critically well yeah. received. It was it well received. Out. I believe it it sold very well too. I think it, it was a million seller mm-hmm. uh, game. Uh, and it's yeah. unfortunately it's well Bloodlines I think was technically the last of this era, as far as how this this these games functioned because once Simph came out that was it like they didn't go back yeah. to this arcade style no platform never did thing never did but um, yeah. The the flourish was a big one, mm-hmm. like you had mentioned. I mean, I don't have much else to add to it. No, yeah, I just, don't know. I this mean, is it's... one I've played through, but it's another one of those ones where it just kind of fades into the background for me. Yeah, like, but I, I think I spent more time playing the Genesis game. There's a lot of different locales that all look fantastic, but I mean, there's a a, a good variety in there. Uh, but there's there's not much more that you can really say. I mean, just graphically, it looked great. It was basically it was like arcade level gameplay and design, but on a Super Nintendo. Yeah. And I think it was just to it was more so to flex the muscle of the Super Nintendo. Like, hey, oh, look, look what this can do. Especially and since this yeah. came out in '91, which it was almost said. it was almost practically a launch title. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which is fucking damn impressive. Yeah. You know. So it's like I definitely give it the credit it, mm-hmm. it deserves because it's it's a strong it's a strong contender and it's it's no wonder that this game is considered one of the greatest games of all time. Is uh, I don't know if it's one of the greatest games of all time. Uh, of one of the great Castlevanias. One yeah. of the greatest Castlevanias. Yeah, top. I suppose that's true. Yeah, top games in the series, but also top games on the Super Nintendo, uh, hands down. Oh yeah, hands oh down. it's definitely one of the yeah. top top ten. Yeah, I wouldn't say like of all time, but definitely on the Super Nintendo, this is literally top five, top ten level like a game. Oh yeah, basically. if you if you ask somebody, hey, what are the best three titles on the Super Nintendo. Chances are Super Castlevania 4 might, is going to come Might up. come up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Chrono Trigger is, is usually most people's go-to for mm-hmm. for the Super Nintendo. If it's, yeah. Or it, Super it, Mario it, World. Or, yeah. yeah, Mario Kart. Alright, maybe there's more than I thought. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff. Well, that's why I said top ten for yeah. sure. Like, it's, it, yeah, if, if you did, like, a Google search of, like, the, uh, the like SNES games, you're gonna get Super Castlevania Four in that the first ten hits. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So from there, three years later, you end up with Castlevania Bloodlines on the Genesis. Pretty much harkens back to the 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 roots of the Castlevania franchise, as far as look goes, aesthetic. I mean, I grew up with Bloodlines. I thought this game was fucking incredible because you're not playing as the Belmonts anymore. 
Mm-mm. This this game is considered a guide to the Castlevania series, which basically just side story. it's a side, side story. story. Yeah, what do they call it? a side quill? As as it's colloquially colloquially who calls it, who calls it a side quill? It's that's it, a portmanteau of side and sequel. I understand. Sequel. I know no what I know what it is, people but who ca- people actually people, say that? That's the You're only literally people. the only person. I'm the only one that matters. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a, a side. Thing. Qu- you're you're going to just, try to make it. I just did a quick thing to like top twenty five SNES game or top twenty SNES games. Den of Geek has Castlevania Four is 16. Oh, it's number sixteen. Okay, and that's on top twenty. You said. Hmm. Top twenty-five. Top twenty-five. Still made the top twenty-five list. So I just pretty sweet. And that was only from one site, and this was from two thousand nineteen. I'm sure other sites have different. Like if I went to IGN, I bet you it's somewhere else in there. So I just wanted to see, like, yeah, it's it's at least in the top twenty on multiple lists. Yeah. But Castlevania Bloodlines was unique in the fact that you're not a Belmont anymore. We're fast forwarding a bit. Sort of, I guess. Although technically, you're it's, it's technically also, World War One. It's also technically not the first game where you play as someone who's not a Belmont. Castlevania Three, you play as non-Belmont characters. Yeah, but there's a Belmont in it. Yeah, but it does. You're, it's still you can be non-Belmonts if you choose to be. I suppose that's true. But no, regardless, you have there's there's no trace of Belmont really in there, mm. other than the fact that the Morrises are considered they're the successors, dis- pretty much. Pretty much the successors. The Belmont to, clan died uh, out, and they said, "Take our whip, beat that <laughs> shit." Ugh. Pretty much, yeah. You play as John and then Morris. John was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, you play as John Morris, and then their their family friend, the Lacards. Yeah. You have Eric Lacard. Um. And other than that, like it's yeah, you're in there. Like the Morrises and the Lacards have never come back, have they? Yeah. In. Portrait of Ruin. I think they get mentioned, but are they actually back? Yeah, you play as Jonathan Morris. Oh, is it? Yeah. And then Wind, the person who helps you, is Eric Lacard. Oh, is it really? Yeah. You don't remember much from Portrait? No. Oh, fuck. Portrait of Ruin is fantastic. Yeah, replayed eventually, but... Yeah, that one's a good one. I really enjoy that one. Because it plays like Castlevania Three in the fact that you rotate with Charlotte. Because I want to say Charlotte is also something, but I don't remember what... No, I always think, yeah, I don't remember. She's like her bloodline's related to the Belnadish. I don't, I don't really remember too much about it either. Like Arya and Dawn overshadowed all the other ones for me. Mm. So, well, Portrait of Ruin was such a an odd duck because again, like Bloodlines, I feel like was overshadowed by Super Castlevania Four as well. Yeah, even because honestly, Bloodlines critically did okay, but it was people complained it was too short, which I think was even Paul's criticism of it when we played it on the channel was you said it was just like it was short like, that's it it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah it was like seven levels like mm-hmm. or it was too easy and i think and and that was leading into like because my only history with like the castlevanias of that generation was super castlevania 4 which was literally like even if you knew what you were doing making it through all of the the 11 levels of that game you're looking at at least 90 minutes to 100 minutes yeah it was so i mean it's it's long which i can understand why there was like password features and stuff like that so with your seven levels and it's like a 45 minute game it's like half the half the length really Mm -hmm. bloodlines only sold 40,000 40,000 copies sad yep even though a lot of people consider it a hidden gem on the system because it's, I mean... You want to know why it's a hidden it? gem? Because it didn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I, I don't understand why. Because you look at it graphically, game is fucking gorgeous. It's one of the most beautiful games on the system. It's just very... 
it's very colorful. Oh my god. Just, you son of a bitch. You're gonna bring every, back all my hatred for you. I know, I remember that. So I remember wow. when we played over half a million for for it. for Castlevania Four. I saw that. It's like six hundred thousand, six hundred and thirty thousand copies total. Which I that, thought it was more than that, but is that just on its release? No, that's, its that's worldwide. Thing? That's in its yeah. Okay. I would have thought for sure that it was over six hundred thousand. Like it was over a million. Because how? Because that's also part of some things too, wasn't it? Like, I'm assuming this is only based off the original sales. Maybe the original not sales, not not remakes okay. or or like collections and stuff. Because like I never remember. I um, never know how they determine. But no, I just uh, playing Bloodlines or seeing Bloodlines for the first time. I didn't mind that you had a new character. I didn't. I, I don't mind any of that stuff. The enemies, a lot of the enemies, you could tell were used directly for like yeah. Symphony of the Night, like the the spear guy who who can spear you through like different levels and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, I I appreciate a lot of the stuff that was reutilized for Symphony of the Night, but compared to Super Castlevania 4 and just all, the original trilogy on the Nintendo in general had very dark tones, very right. like dark, dank-looking environments, and Castlevania Bloodlines was completely the opposite. It's like they completely yeah. flipped it upside down, where everything was just super bright, everything was super, like, cartoonish-looking, and I just was not expecting that from a Castlevania game. Which and was one of my biggest gripes of it. It's not even saying that the graphics aren't good. They're yeah, fantastic. They but are. it's just so... It's it's such a... It's the lowest selling Castlevania in the it's franchise. It's such a juxtaposition from what the other Castlevania games in the series up to that time were. Which is ironic, considering you fast forward one year to Castlevania Dracula X looked exactly like Bloodlines. It was no, it didn't. It was exactly as colorful. Richter is a blue ass fucking character on the screen compared to like he's a blue ass else. character but you know even what even the though, environments were all very colorful they no it was oh, more yes. it, it was more so a follow up to Super Castlevania 4 and maybe some of the color palettes you're looking at maybe it's it, it's somewhat like Bloodlines, but no I would not say that it's bright I would say oh, it's yeah. bright because like you have fire going and no Dracula X is pretty much Bloodlines, <laughs> except your Richter. It goes back to. But notice that yes. I haven't said that Dracula X is a fantastic game. It is though. It's not it's as good, good as you would think. I've played it. I've I know, it. and I and I and I love it. Yeah. But I would still, it's I still hard. think that Super Castlevania Four is better. Well, agree to disagree. <laughs> Paul's just wrong on this one. I think it's because, again, your experience, Super Castlevania Four. I appreciate Dracula X more because I have bloodlines, and Dracula X was more like bloodlines. Oh, okay. And again, That's, yeah. I, do I don't like, understand this. And, and, and I do like that they, they reintroduced the whole pick-a-path thing in uh, Dracula X. Yes, yes. Yes, I did like that, that element. I like that a lot. And again, it's, you know, the Castlevania Four sold so well never went back to that style that went that did so well. What did they go with? The lowest selling Castlevania of all time! Because <laughs> you even look at uh, Symphony of the Night. It's a colorful ass game. It is. It, yeah. it just it, it. I I'm not defending it, but it's just it's such a weird choice. Well, and to, to be honest, this this is something that irritates me with people. Is just because something is colorful does not mean it can't be dark. 
Right. Oh, that of was, course. The that's palette, like the big... The, yeah, like, the, if the you palette look at, and the atmosphere are two different things. Well, and, right. and yeah. this is like... That was a big complaint when Diablo 3 was originally announced. If you look at the art style, mm -hmm. there were a lot of colors. They chose more colors than Diablo 2 used. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And people were like, oh, why is it all bright and colorful and cheerful? It's Diablo. It's not, it should not be cheerful. dark. Yeah, it's, it's like, no. dark doesn't mean the Zack Snyder, I use two colors and that's fucking it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I can have bright pink and have still something be dark and fucked up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it, this, this, like it being bright and colorful doesn't mean it's not a dark game. Yeah. The overall atmosphere of Bloodlines was more so in the soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. This, the music to Bloodlines, no matter what you say, the soundtrack was fucking yeah, incredible. It's probably one of the best like soundtracks on the Genesis like period. Oh yeah, Bloodlines had one of the most stellar soundtracks of the games on on the system for mm -hmm. sure. Even though everybody knows Sonic or Sonic. the Tinny. The tinny quality of Sega's system sh shined through a little bit. And you literally gave me guff because I said that, I think, during our playthrough. And you're like, what What tinny? What, what are you talking about? And no, I'm like, I know exactly no, what you're just so to give you shit. Sega Genesis had a very distinct, oh, yeah, because of their sound chips, they had a very yeah. distinct tinny sound to it. And it really comes through. You want the worst case of that? Play Wily Wars on Sega oh, Genesis. Oh, really? Yeah. Or Vector I, Man. I, I was like, oh, dude, I bet you these... Because the, Wily Wars, if I remember right, you could play... It was basically like Genesis versions of, of like... 1, 2, and 3. 1, 2, and 3. Yes. I was like, oh, man, I bet you it'd look cool. Or I bet you all the... Like, Mega Man 2 would look cool on the Genesis. It looked cool, but it, it, it sounded sounds like terrible. shit. It sounds like, terrible. I remember watching a video on it, and I'm like, oh, I'm fucking... Bubble Man stage, oh, Metal Man stage, and I'm like, this sounds like ass on the Genesis. Yeah. But it's funny because like, it's certain bad, things it works. As bad as like the sound can be on the Genesis, there are games where like, Shining Force Two. Listen to that soundtrack; it's fucking amazing. Well, to be quite Fantasy honest, Star 4. you take you take the tinny sound, but it like it really works. Like take a game like Road Rash. Yeah, Road Rash, it works. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like there's there's one note in there where it literally sounds like a cat dying, but I'm just like. <laughs> I, no, it works. I'm surrounded by all the other notes. You're like, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Like Fantasy Star 4, that yeah. sci-fi RPG thing, it, it almost kind of works better. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a very particular sound that the Genesis had. Yes. And, and it worked in Bloodlines. Yeah. Like, everything that the Tower of Pisa mm -hmm. level specifically, the fucking music was so good in that one. The atmosphere of that entire level it is just, just yeah. gorgeous. To me, it, it blew Super Castlevania 4 out of the water. As far as the aesthetic, as far as like the ambience, ambiance of the, the levels went. Yeah. And to be honest, I like some of the creature designs in Bloodlines more. Yeah. Mm. Like that that one, like that uh, that two tone like wolf dog you fight, mm. where and, yeah. like, as you're beating it up, it kind of like fall fell apart kind of thing. Yeah. Like yeah. there was stuff like that that was yeah. just really cool looking, that just Super Castlevania Four didn't have the equivalent of. Yeah. The water level level two when I think it's when you're in Paris, I think it is. I don't really remember. But, I mean, I loved Bloodlines. I liked the fact you could play as John Morris or Eric Lacard because Eric Lacard gave it such a different feel. Well, yeah, and that's another one where it's like Castlevania 3 where, depending on which character you were, there were different paths open to you. Yeah. Because with the spear, you could... There were a couple of spots where you could bypass you could going yeah. down... So like some of the lower levels, which would then change like the stuff you're doing. Because mm -hmm. John Morris could 
use the whip to hook onto ceilings and swing. Yeah. You could rope swing, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Lacard had the vault where he could sh- spring up and he could attack in all eight directions. And even he had a version of a flourish. Yeah. Where if you held the button out and went it's... left and right, he would spin the spear. Yeah. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. And just the sub weapons in general were really neat. You know, I liked their their souped up versions of their their when, weapons. When I guess the green flame on the end of the spear. Yeah. It, you got that. John Morris had his turn into like an energy whip. It was really fucking neat. Yeah. I I think just gameplay wise, I preferred Bloodlines over Super Castlevania Four because to me, Super Castlevania Four felt like more of the same. If that makes sense. No, it it did. It, it definitely yeah. like like we had said, it was more so almost a port of Haunted Castle. And it was yeah. going back to the one, two, and three roots yeah. of like just dark overtones, <clears throat> that that dark ambience. The like, yeah, it was that same style. Yeah, uh, Castlevania Bloodlines completely turned it upside down, and it and it worked. Yeah, and it worked. Which, like I said, it went, it continued on with Dracula yeah. X for some reason. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Well, which, which makes sense because Drac- uh, Dracula X is pretty much the precursor to Symphony of the Night. Right. Is the events of that directly lead into and tie into the the beginning part of of uh, oh, yeah. Symphony of the Night. Which makes yeah. sense considering the first part of Symphony of the Night is Dracula X. Literally, yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, I mean, I Bloodlines was neat in the fact that it, the story continued with the vampire killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Morrises... And it, it's explained later in in Portrait of Ruin when you actually acquire the Vampire Killer, and it actually drains your health mm-hmm. because you anyone find that's out not a Belmont can't actually wield it. Exactly, part, it's and, part of the curse. Yes, ah. and Morrises aren't Belmonts, so it's like yeah. they have to. It, that's ba- it, basically John Morris tells Jonathan Morris that that's what that is, or mm-hmm. Eric Lacard does, I think. I don't remember. Because John John Morris dies because the the curse of the vampire killer killed him. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's a fascinating. I like the lore of it. Yeah. I like the lore of it yeah. more than I actually like the main line, which is strange. But yeah, I just I, Bloodlines to me was just a more interesting title. Uh, uh, fair enough. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah there's going to be games where it's like just because it doesn't sell well doesn't mean that it can't like resonate with gamers. Uh, damn that. That is a very shockingly low I number, just, though. <laughs> I just that, have to, almost yeah. one tenth. I just have to put almost one tenth. Yeah. I just have to put this into perspective that Super Castlevania Four sold eighty. No, not no, 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 no. Castlevania Where Bloodlines sold fifteen percent of what yeah, Super so. Castlevania Four sold. Yeah. Just, just let that. Let that percolate in your head. Is that because, also, because it was basically a launch title for the Super Nintendo? I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. They only had four games to choose from. <laughs> when, uh, I don't know. When, when, did, when did Bloodlines come out? 94. 94. I don't know when so, Genesis I mean, came out. So, I mean, Genesis came out in 89. Oh, so, it was five years into its, uh, its life cycle, but I think the Sega Genesis went until at least... 96, possibly 97, but... Same with the sales numbers. Oh, oh it's ridiculous. like... Ridiculous. Oh, it's like 3 million? Well, at release, it was like 1.27. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, it's still, I mean, that was enough to consider it uh, like a huge sell. <laughs> you know what's sad? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I didn't realize this. Castlevania Judgment sold more than Bloodlines. Yes, it did. 
Yes, it did one hundred sixty thousand. <laughs> to be honest, though, that was it was a first for the series. It was, and it was a very it worked, good for, and it, it was also it a tie-in to Order of Ecclesia. Yeah, yeah. Judgment. So, but yeah. there you go. That's that's Castlevania Bloodlines. And now we can talk about a little bit of uh, Castlevania Dracula X. That's true. Because that's I completely forgot about that that. I won't it. lie, so did I. I yeah. wrote all these notes, and I only went to Bloodlines yeah. because I completely forgot about Dracula X. Yeah, it's just, you know, Dracula X uh. just really, like, I, that one just kind of came and went. Is I, I think that yeah. because it was it was closer to the end of the Super Nintendo's uh, life cycle. Yeah, 95. Um, so, yeah, so it didn't really get the attention that it deserved, but... It was also one of the... It may have been the last of the Castlevania titles when Konami was still operating out of Illinois. Um, because they were actually, like, their their um, their headquarters was actually, like, close by us. It oh. was, like, maybe 45 minutes away from us. I want to say it was in Northbrook. Hmm. Um and they ended up moving up, like moving their studio and their corporate facility out to California because they wanted to reinvent themselves. And one of the first titles that they came out with after they moved to California in 1996 is Symphony of the Night. So they really reinvented themselves when they really, like, when they moved out there. So I think that this was just a product of the time it came out where I don't know if they were necessarily putting in their 100% into their game because they already wanted to kind of like reinvent themselves, refine themselves. Um, and so they're just, I, and I honestly, at the time reading like magazines like Nintendo power and EGM, even like tips and tricks and all that other stuff. I don't remember seeing anything about Dracula X. No, and to be honest... I didn't even learn about it until years and years later. I remember one ad for it, and that's it. I remember hearing more about, like, Rondo of Blood. Yes. Because that's referenced more... Because this is basically it's it's basically a port of Rondo. It's not it's not basically it's not it's even a remake a, of yeah, it. And it's not yeah, even, it's a flat yeah. out remake of it. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. Because yeah. the Rondo of Blood was what? For what? Uh, PC something or other. I think. No, it, uh, I thought it was uh, I have it the here. MSX. No, it's not the MSX. MSX. Um, it's a PC Engine. Oh, it was there PC Engine. Go. Okay. So basically, it wasn't really available here, yeah. which is why they did Dracula X. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they needed a lead-up into Symphony of the Night. Granted, yeah. we did get it here eventually on the PSP. Yes. That's true, they we did. did. Yeah, they, they did. was part uh, of that, that, the that collection. Castlevania collection. Where yeah. you could actually unlock Symphony of the Night as one of the unlockables. when you, if yeah. you did With the so. different voice acting, which was weird. Yeah. That's weird. It was very odd. Like, what voice acting? They like, redubbed just... some of it, I they think. They redubbed a lot. Uh, the guy who did uh, Alucard was different. Really? I think all the I characters were different. I can't even imagine anybody other than the voice actor who did oh, Alucard. Because Alucard's voice is so distinct? Yeah. I don't know. I, as much as I like his voices in the game... Honestly, I prefer the voice actor they have in the series. 
the t- the, the yeah. animated. Oh, sure, oh, sure, yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. he's just the ca- the voices for the characters just match them better for some reason in the Netflix series yeah, than but, the games do. Yeah, but now, but for the era the games exactly, came out, exactly. Remember yes. that they were just trying to find anybody they could who could like well, just like, read those lines. I, now and, it's there's more emphasis on the voice acting, and, and people have made entire careers just off of the voice acting. Yeah. Well, and, and at that time, especially with like Symphony Night and stuff. Getting someone to do Dracula and be able to do like Shakespearean type quotes mm-hmm. while still sounding menacing is a feat in and of itself. Yes, yeah. because that that's that kind of dialogue more often than not just comes off as cheesy. Yeah, it seems. What are you silly. talking about? What is a man? Well, but then a miserable pile of secrets. <laughs> well, and that's and to be honest, would that line be as iconic and stuff like that if it didn't sound as good as it did? Well, I think because it's, it was it sounded corny is why it, it really kind of took on a love of its own. Yeah, but it did, it's not. <laughs> it was delivered very well. But, but it was, it's, yeah. it's not it's not as corny onto like the bad levels of like mm. all your base belong. I was literally lost. just about to say, or, yeah. or like, from Resident Evil, like you were almost a Jill sandwich. Or, or yeah, blood, <laughs> like yeah. What like, is what is it? Blood. <laughs> like it's it's like for like they managed to. Even in like those, they managed to deliver it in a way like, yeah, it's it's not exactly great dialogue, but because of the way the actors delivered it, uh-huh. you actually are like, okay, I accept this, and it works. Yeah. And he's back, that son of a bitch. Mm. <laughs> I was about to say, he was quiet for the longest time, and then he came out. But uh, actually, Dracula X, like you said, did not get received very well. No, it didn't. In fact, it was bashed pretty fucking hard. Was it really? Because it was, to most critics at the time, it was such a step down from Super Castlevania 4. I don't know if I would necessarily say a step down, but it just... To them it, it was. Well, it's because you had Super Castlevania 4 that had come out in 1991. Yeah. And... In that time, you would have had a lot of time to know like what the specs were, mm-hmm. what you had to work with, what your your ceiling was, so you could constantly improve the quality oh, yeah. of life in the game. But Dracula X came out in 1995, four years yeah. after Super Castlevania 4. Even if it was on the same level of Super Castlevania 4, it would still be seen as a disappointment because it's like, well, why after four years of... Uh, of research and development can you only match something that Mm -hmm. came out four years ago instead of just surpassing it in every level i mean we pan games hard when we do when we play the nes games Mm, like we've we've equated some of these like 90 92 releases to like games that came out in 86 that did it better yeah Yeah. i mean it's the same kind Mm -hmm. of principle you know you've had You've had all Four this. Years. You've had all these years to figure yeah. out, like, okay, this is what I'm working with. You, you'd yeah. think, like, these are the limitations you know, of yeah, the system. You know exactly uh, what you have. I'm saying, y'all. At least I, I don't know how much like this affected like Castlevania, but at least in like the Nintendo thing, they kind of got lazy with how they would push stuff out, like the timelines of pushing stuff out. Sometimes, yeah. So like, I want. I don't know if that like maybe they like with. These the Castlevania and stuff they 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 were like ah oh, you know we can take a little bit of a breather it's Castlevania we're not gonna fuck it up mm-hmm. and they got lazy where like you know some like Ocean does on like yeah, yeah. like how often do they go oh it's last minute well we got to put a game out oh, that's mm-hmm. right let's, let's just et it <laughs> yeah so like 
unfortunately on the Nintendo that that's the mentality seemed very common yeah, yeah. so I wonder if like maybe that kind of happened with Castlevania well like I said I, I still think that my my hypothesis of they were already kind of wanting to redefine themselves and mm. find themselves again and were probably in the process of already moving their headquarters from the Midwest to the West Coast and I just don't think that they put in the resources that they should have. They should or have just not released it. How many other people were developing and they were told, hey, you got to uproot and move? And they said, fuck no, I'm not moving. There was several people. I, I wouldn't be... Because like a company just randomly saying, hey, by the way, we're not going to be here anymore. We're going over there. Not everyone could just say, yeah, I'm going to uproot my entire family and move. Correct. So how many times people had to develop and then ship... I a half-finished thing that someone else had to finish. I actually know, um, believe it or not, the uh, the company that I work at. The uh, one of the one of the guys there, he was a, a game tester for Konami oh, really? back in the mid '90s. And I when they and when they moved to California, he's he said, "Yeah, I can't just uproot my family," hmm. and so he basically got laid off at that point. Yeah, then from Konami, that's got to be a pretty common story. So, oh yeah, how much of it was? Yeah, we guys we started development here uprooted then had to play catch-up development once we got something established over on the west coast because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that's always a possibility for why all of a sudden there's a difference in quality yeah yeah for sure yeah so. i don't know dracula x i remember we got at a classic yep it's the same classic i got crusaders yeah Sunday. you're welcome <laughs> you got some 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 bucks off of that one because yeah, i bought because I bought uh, Dracula X. That game, by the way, Crusader Senti, now $650. I know, you paid 140 for it. Whew. It's as Very expensive nice. as Rule of Rose. <laughs> Complete! But, I mean, I, I paid 160 yeah. for Dracula X, what which... Dracula X goes for right now. Uh, 350 Woo! Yeah. So, I mean, even though I paid more than you did, at least, like... At least that's just has, has doubled. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, so. Dracula X also got uh, released with the um, oh the advanced collection. The advanced collection. Oh, I didn't know that. What it was, was the advanced collection in two thousand one. It was it was that and I want to say Sario. Oh, Circle that's the moon, right. Harmony in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Sario. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was uh, Dracula X was on there as well. But that was again a digital only release, right? Uh, the advanced collection. I don't remember. I think it was only digital. I think they only released it on the like the the virtual. Not the, virtual, the the Wii shot or the the Wii U. Well, then I thought that just came no, out. No, that this just came out last year. Yeah. Yeah, but they still like they're still releasing things on the Wii for the Wii U. I no, thought because I, I have oh that maybe collection. it's a Switch. This is the Switch, Switch PS4 and Xbox. Ah, uh, there you go. Okay. I was like, because I have that collection. But it's but you have it digitally. Yes. Yeah. Of course, I think it's only digital, but they released it on on those networks. You might be able to get physical through like limited run, maybe. I think maybe limited run did a. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not. Because yeah. there is a lot. It's see that's the thing. There's it, nowadays it's hard to tell what's released physical and digital anymore. Yeah. Because you can get a lot of these like collection things as physical, but it's not like sold in like. Best Buys or Target. No, exactly. it's only through limited yeah. run. It's only games. through limited run. So it's like physical is such a fucking finicky market now. No, oh, no, because there's an advanced collection for Switch right there. Oh yeah, let me see. But it's used through eBay. But 
No, it's custom empty case only. Oh, there oh, you go. Okay, then, yeah. Man, read the description. Ah! I don't want to read. Fucking eBay. The pictures only. Yeah, it's that's. I don't think that they actually did a physical run. If they did, it was limited run only. Yeah. Yeah. They okay. never not not mass marketed it. So. Yeah, but uh, honestly, Dr I played Dracula X. It was okay. Mm -hmm. it, it, it and I can see why a lot of people because why it was hand a little harder than Super Castlevania 4 because it's kind of hard. It, well, it did feel kind of like a step backwards. Uh, and it's and I think honestly, I mean, Super Castlevania 4 is not an easy game by any means, but yeah, uh, Dracula X was much harder. Yeah. Than, and I think just the fact, like like I said, just the fact that a game comes out four years later, but it's still only doing what the original one did in 1991. That in and of itself is like okay, I, it it gets the the panning it deserves because of yeah. how come you couldn't in four years do something, something better. better. Yeah. yeah. At least bloodlines didn't have a, a foot in a door yet. Like yeah. they, yeah, they didn't have anything to compare themselves to other than super Castlevania four, which was a mm -hmm. different system. Yeah. yeah. You know, that'd be like comparing metal gear on the Nintendo versus metal gear on the MSX. It's like yeah. two totally different things, mm -hmm. but yep. I think for now, that sounds like I was, a good spot to leave yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, because then, yeah, we can jump into the Konami. Era. Konami had an identity crisis in 1990, late 95, 96, and decided that the only way that they could overcome that identity crisis is to reinvent themselves, which then meant moving their headquarters from the Midwest in Illinois to the west coast in california where a lot of game companies were yep. then starting to pop up and reinvent themselves and refine themselves they did with their first Oof. castlevania title from that new location yes holy crap which actually when i so i was going to go to to school after high school for game design uh -huh. i wanted to do game design stuff and i remember when i was like with one of the counselors talking to him he had mentioned that if I wanted to do game design, if I was serious about it, I would have to move to either the east or west because there is nothing. I don't here know necessarily the, the east coast, but definitely the west coast. Like you yeah, would have west had to coast have, for you sure. You would have had to have gone to California yeah, for that. He says yeah. there's really no jobs like that in the Midwest here. And at the time, there wasn't. You know? No, even still now. Well, yeah, not not quite like they like they are now. But it's I well, feel like you could do it like back when anywhere. we graduated. It was definitely definitely more of a thing where you would have to move. Like, nowadays, yeah. you can program fucking anywhere. Like, well, yeah, but, yeah, like being thing. an indie yeah. developer is basically as successful as a fucking AAA developer now. Unfortunately, yeah. still yeah. a lot of places, like the majority of places right. for game design are still, unless you're going indie, are still right. West right. Coast. Mm -hmm. um, or going to school for, like, video game I, design I know like a, college. I know a couple they're all, a lot of them on the West Coast. I'm saying, I know a couple of people who do programming professionally that they were, they were living in Illinois, and once they started, like, actually... Any better job they wanted, they had to go to like, like California. I think there was one in like New Mexico or Arizona or something like yeah. that. One went to but still, and then one West like Coast. New York. Uh, like, that was uh, it. Yeah. And like, and those were like their only options for better jobs. Mm -hmm. Like the rest of the country is basically SOL for programming. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're working specifically for like a smaller company or something. Mm -hmm. But yes, we'll divide this into a multiple spanning podcast, powercast yeah. thing, because like you said, 
There's a this, lot to cover with these. There's a lot to cover, lot. and this next chunk is going to be probably the most it, influential because yeah. it had a PS1, PS2, DS, 3DS. It had a resonance on the series and of in gaming the genre. in general. Yeah, in the genre in general, which yeah. is still being mimicked to this day. There 100%. are games coming out. There are games coming out this week that follow this formula. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Yep. That. This that Symphony of the Night was that fucking influential yeah. and that good, which is why it's considered one of the greatest games of all of time. all time. Not just Castlevania, not just PlayStation, greatest games oh, yeah. of all time. That's yes. hard to do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of games out there, boys. Yeah, there is, but I mean, this one really just it, it became the blueprint for the next what twenty five years. Yeah. Pretty much. I cannot believe it came out 25 years ago. Oof. Holy crap. Yeah, 97. Fucking old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that'll do it for this. So, with that, you can hit us up on Facebook. You can hit us up on Twitter. You can go to powertripgaming.tv. Takes you directly to the YouTube channel where you can watch us conquer the 678 game Nest Collection. Yeah! Yes. You can also check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, which you are actually checking us out on right now. Yeah, like uh, we listening to it through YouTube. Uh, yep, but iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify for the PTG Powercast, where we talk about other video game stuff, comic books, anything pop culture. Anything we feel like talking about. Yep. If you don't feel like contacting us on social media, shoot us an email at nespowertrip at gmail.com and I will That'll get back to you. And that will do it. That's right. This has been a PTG Powercast. You've been listening with power. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God.